Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, it's Out of Darkness Into the Light, and for many of you, this may podcast may be called uh, Out of the Light Into the Darkness, because this is a pretty obscure subject. We're going to be talking about concave earth theory and concave cosmologies, which is actually something a little bit different, if I actually hold to the form of that. And basically, in the concave view, um, everything is contained within a hollow earth. Right, Chris? Yeah. And Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. And then the heavens would actually be at the center of this obviously massive uh, sphere, or you could alter it and create a different shape if you want to. Uh-huh. And then after that, um, wow, you know, you, that's what we're going to talk about. Where do you place all these other different <laughs> uh, aspects of cosmology? And so my uh, cosmology is called a convex one, and I commonly refer to it as the, the domed earth. But um, in the bigger picture, I actually believe that um, the cosmos, as we call it, is actually uh, convex as well. But it depends what perspective you're viewing it from. So we've done a couple earlier podcasts that you can reference. Eventually, all this audio will be up. So I've got bunch of questions here. I'm actually curious, you know, because I can't, um, can't visualize all these things, but I find it fascinating. And um, let's see here. Let's see what we're going to start off here. Um, you sent me a little text there. It says, I think the paradisical lands are really at the poles and that Sheol and Hades are within the shell of the earth and that hell or chaos is on the outside and Oceanus would still be the world and circling ocean? Uh, um, let me see. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of think that everything's inverted. I mean, not just the earth, but like everything we've been told, like uh, the North Pole would actually be in the south. Uh-huh. That opening. Okay. And I actually, I don't know, you know, on the continents would all be flipped. That'd be uh, I, consistent with those uh, Satanists. <laughs> I actually, uh, yeah, I actually don't know if there's an opening in the, you know, what would be the the South Pole then or not. But I, I think there probably is, but I'm I, I'm not really sure about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. I'll just say a little bit more here. Just, you know, the reason we're doing this is because um, we talked about a little about this mother before, but I just actually okay. Um, I can call it like sky gazing. Well, you can actually see an anomaly in the sky, either in the daytime or the nighttime. And um, if you look hard enough, it's not too hard. You may see it on the first time, but uh, once you see it, then you'll know that you're being massively lied to about the size and distance uh, of the Earth. Earth and moon to the, uh, to, to, excuse me, the sun and the moon to the earth. 
and uh, and everything changes. And uh, <laughs> we're just trying to follow the Lord's leading on this kind of thing. So I'm revealing it to people uh, one by one because uh, at this point we want them to uh, keep quiet about it because it's going to cause a ruckus. So anyway, your whole uh, view of reality comes crashing to the ground. It, 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 you don't need to see that, but that, that'll do it for you. And then you're left on your own. It doesn't have to. You can't really trust any given authority. And so you desecrate your own do-it-yourself cosmologies. <laughs> so that would explain what we're doing here. And um, <clears throat> I think that, you know, you can kind of nap and they just fly across, across the board. You can't trust anything. Lies. How do you even know it's true, even though not everything you say is a lie? It's just too much work to figure out and figure it out. And so, um, but anyway, this is called, uh, isn't it true this is called sky centrism because the sky is at, is at the center? I mean, that would make sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you're out walking, right? Yeah. Are you able to write down anything like your phone? Uh, no. Do you notes or something? No. Okay. You might not have to, but I thought I'd mention that. Now, I think what's interesting is the concave model represents God dwelling at the center of the universe, right? Yeah, on a, yeah. On a throne. He's, yeah, enthroned at the center. This is interesting. Uh, instead of, um, like, above and beyond the rest of creation. Um, right. Well, he, still, he still, would, still would be above and beyond if you're, you know, in the earth. In a, in a way, you know what I mean? That's true. I'm saying above and beyond the creation, kind of like, you know, like right. the opposite side of the line. See, I still right. cling to a top-to-bottom model uh-huh. that emphasizes top and bottom, above, below, east and west, north and south. Right. Now, these things do get um, somewhat blurred in the con- cave cosmology. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the concave model has God at the throne, on the throne at the center, and uh, let's see here. Um, now, it, uh, see if you ask about this, because, um, so you've got the sun there in the center, but the sun can't be at the absolute center. It has to be at the absolute center. What is at the center? Do you envision a, some kind of a sphere? Yeah, I think I think it's just... Uh Basically, I think it's how the medieval astro- astronomers were uh, depicting it. Except they always put the uh, they always actually depicted the Earth as the middlemost sphere. If you look at their depictions, like the art, they would they would say the Earth was the center sphere, and that the celestial sphere is rotating outside the Earth. Uh-huh. So I think that's that was the psyop because I think the, I think the uh, Celestial sphere is actually on the inside of the Earth, and the Earth would be on the outside. So I think they they flipped it. Yeah. No. But a lot of a lot of um, you get conspiratorial mind, you, you, it actually makes sense that they would flip everything. Yeah, but a lot of them would actually a lot of them would actually picture Eden in the center too, which I think I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, who did? Uh, a lot of the ancient, like the medieval astronomers, when they when they were uh, they made you know like drawings and stuff of the celestial sphere, they would actually put uh, Eden as the center sphere. Really? Yeah. So I mean, if 
if, I guess if you're wondering where Eden would be in a concave model, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying it's not something like that. You got to be careful that they're not talking about like the hollow earth type of thing. I've seen that. Um, but they were talking about uh, what they used to believe in the ancient world, supposedly, that Eden was uh, above the earth, um, like where it would be in a concave model, like. Uh, at least if, if there was a concave earth, it would be up on top of the sacred mountain. Yeah. Connie, yeah, I so I, I'm concave. starting to wonder what that whole... I'm starting to wonder what the whole mountain of God is, like, is, like where it's at. Uh-huh. Or, I mean, if it's... I mean, I, I'm wondering if it, if it might be in the, the center of the year. I mean, I don't know, I guess. Maybe it is in the center and Eden's, I don't know, on, on top. I don't know. I guess I'm not sure... About that. Anyway, we have this problem. This is one of the problems I ran into. So, um, how is the, uh, since the sun is in the middle, how is it, um, you would think, you know, initially, very simplistically, you would think that it would be shining on the earth all the time. How do you account for darkness? It was what? I'm sorry. You're like breaking how up a little bit. How do you account for, you know, periodic darkness? You know, it has to be dark on earth. Um, all the time, and there has to be like a winter, some part of the year. Well, I think the, in my in my model that I told you right now, uh, the sun's not in the center. It's actually basically there's the center celestial sphere, mm-hmm. and then the sun and the moon are actually on the outside of that, basically on opposite sides, and they're moving around it. Yeah. So it still works. Pretty much like so, the same so way. If you that that center sphere blocks the sun. In certain yeah. 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 But but the sunlight bends too. It's actually bending around it too. But the you know the the one part at the very back where the the sunlight isn't bending to would be where the moon is at. Would be where darkness is. That's why you have like dawn and uh, and dusk because. That's basically where the you're still seeing the glow of the sunlight that's that's bending. So you're seeing you're still seeing the glow, but then when it moves further, the you know the you don't see the glow anymore, and then it's just night. Now, as if this isn't esoteric enough, you could have a uh, even more esoteric version where there's a complex relationship between the black sun and the sun, and the black sun is kind of a haunting it, you know. It's always some kind yeah, of proximity to it in order to cause darkness on the earth. That is possible because I actually, because you know that uh, that Stephen uh, Christ guy, the guy who thinks he's the reincarnation of Christ, who believes in this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, I differ from his model because he only holds to like two spheres. He holds to a center sphere and then the sun and moon are on the outside rotating. And then he holds to another sphere, and uh, you know, encircling them, which is glass that he thinks was created after the flood. And I actually think that too. But I think that uh, I think there's actually more layers, you know, like how the medieval astronomers would depict it, you know, like one layer for each planet. Mm-hmm. You know, like each planet has its own sphere, so to speak. You know, like the music of the spheres. So it could be. Uh, well, you're talking about small stars now, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's like the, you know, the, the seven, the seven, uh, seven main stars. 
that would have been wandering. I think they're wandering like the sun and moon, and they each have their own sphere, so to speak. It's like layers. Okay, I got I got to deal with these things as they come up. Some things will be coming up now. Okay, I. You may not have thought about this. Okay, but the size of the continents. Okay, now there there's a cartography conspiracy if you uh hang out with the media fakery guys. Um, they've got some links on fakeologist.com. I believe they're there. If not, they would be on uh, Blue's Forum, which is presently down. Are you talking about like the uh, lying to us about uh, you know the size of the continents? You like the Merc- the Mercator projection versus the Peters projection? I'm not sure, but they're lying. Well, you know, something, everything they tell us is a lie. So if they tell us that Africa is this big or this is how yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah, in the Mercator's projection, that's the one that they they, they come yeah. to the public. The square okay. mileage and actually how they're, you know, depicting things in terms of actual square miles is actually, like, grossly false. And so it's if actually, you look at, like, northern it, Canada or, like, you know, probably the top two-thirds, do you think it's way too big? In the Mercator or in the Peters projection? Well, uh, the way that they're showing it to us, do you think it's way too big in Canada? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Greenland? Yeah. Yeah. That, and they, they diminish the size of other continents like Africa and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think they actually, I actually flipped not looking that stuff too much. Yeah, I think they actually flipped it, too. They inverted it like north is actually south and south is actually north. I've looked into a, a cartography conspiracy, and Connie and I actually talked about it. It's actually in the title of the podcast. We focused more on uh, the Holy Land and stuff like that, that they were moving yeah. and shifting everything around. But we're talking about, you know, Babylon, and I was right, talking right. about some uh, some countries that I believe uh, that were still in the right place, like Egypt uh-huh, yeah, Libya. So they haven't moved everything. I believe ancient Greece is under the water. Yeah. Anyway, um... Okay, so here we go. So now, the size of your concave Earth, taking into factor this cartography conspiracy, that's what I call it, it's still going to be, it's, it's going to determine the size of the Earth, okay? Right. The size of the eastern and western lands, they can't be too big. They have to be, because right. they, now they have a relationship with the... Um, the so-called seven continents. Can you see that? Yeah. They can't be, like, way, way, way bigger, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Well, I, I don't I'm not really sure on how big, because uh, I don't know, all the people who hold to this concave model that I've researched so far, uh, they believe in the, that experiment that the, it's called the Tamarack Mine Shaft Plumbob Experiment. Uh-huh. It was conducted, I think, in the 1800s. But basically, they uh, they suspended these. Yeah, they suspended these two plumb bobs down these mine shafts to to test, you know, where where the center of gravity would be. Was that in and the synthetic astronomy book? Uh, no, it's not in that. No. Okay. But uh, basically, the results that they got were that the the bottoms of the these plumb bobs actually diverged instead of converged. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, converge, which means that the center of gravity was actually up instead of down, meaning the core of the Earth was actually up into the sky instead of down. Mm-hmm. And apparently they calculated, you know, like how far up, and they said that 
basically it was anywhere 4,000 miles up into the sky, anywhere on Earth, that'd be the center of gravity. Hmm. So these guys who believe in the concave model, they, they take that, I mean, they believe in that experiment wholeheartedly, and they mm-hmm. they take that 4,000 miles then as the radius of the Earth. So the total size of the Earth would be 8,000 miles, the, the width, hmm. the diameter would be 8,000 miles. This is where we need to I mean, I, basically, I believe that experiment was conducted, and then they got those results, and it was obviously suppressed. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure about the whole 4,000-mile thing. I don't know if I should take that, you know. Mm-hmm. See, I'm not sure about the numbers, though. Now, there's a temptation temptation in my cosmology, which you understand, um, to make these eastern and west, western lands. I mean, you could just run wild, where in, in yours you're limited. But actually, I'm limited as well. Um, and this has to do with mathematics, which I'm no good at, but... um. It's going to, there's a relationship between the size of the eastern and western lands and the, actually the size of Oceanus between those lands in uh, what we call Midgard and mm-hmm. the, the curvature of the firmament. See, the, the broader you make these lands, the, the less the curvature of the firmament. So you, it's got to have, unless right. that's a problem for you, that it's very slight. I, I think it's got a good, I think it's a good dome, you see. So, if you started factoring math and stuff like that, you'd figure out, well, you know, it could only be so this big. Yeah. So big. Um, See, that's why I was kind of wondering if the these lands are really at the poles. Um, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. I got this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so um, his question, is it true that the sky has to have a glass-like see-through quality to it in order for this model to work? Have to have that, right? Uh, well, it, a lot of the models do have that. I don't know if it has to have that, though. I mean, I guess if, well, yeah, because it has to. Basically, there has to be some sort of glass layer in front of the sun. That's yeah. that's reversing. The sun you know, is behind it. The sun is behind it. Yeah, the sun's behind it. You know, I did not grasp that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, now I see why there's emphasis so much on the glass sky. Now, okay, you know, um, we talked about earlier how, um, and you can actually see this on Wikipedia. Um, you just put in the word ferment, but the um, the ferment anciently, as you know, far as we know, you know, it's not real trustworthy, but uh, it, it has a, uh, what the heck is it called? Just crystal in my mind. Crystal structure to it. That yeah, it's glass-like. Yeah. So you have two sources of a uh, of light, which we've talked about before. This would be the light that exists before the sun. See that? Yep. A lot of yellow. Yeah, I think that. Those. I think that came from the uh, the center celestial sphere where the father is. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you about that. Yeah. And then yeah, it'd be radiating and, um, out. To, it'd be radiating out to the sun. Uh, which then filters it through our glass, the glass underneath it. They did a lot of conservative creationists. They will spiritualize that light. They have a temptation to spiritualize it because they don't yeah. have any source. Yeah. Spiritual life, you know, which is kind of odd because these people are like really conservative. They take the Bible literally, you know. Like, well, they spiritualize that whole chapter, though, because the, the water is above and the water is below. I mean, you know. Uh huh. 
Like, what, what, what could I possibly be talking about unless you have some sort of cosmology that would account for that, you know? So anyway, um, in my cosmology, um, that is explained by there's a secondary source of light, which I don't believe is as bright. I mean, we get more light from the sun, and I had to go around around with that. You know, what's the primary light source? And it uh, it actually comes from heaven through this crystalline structure, which is called a ferment. It's actually solid. Right. And it has kind of a spotlight effect. Otherwise, that would create some degree of light on the earth at all times. Right. It has some kind of movable effect. Like spotlight. The sun, this, it's it's directing it through the sun, though. The sun's like a directed light. It's almost like, yeah, it's like you said, it's like a spotlight. It's like a flashlight mm-hmm. almost. I just want to say, too, that in your cosmology, if someone tried to pin you down, I, I hate to say that, just your cosmology, this is where you're leaning right now, um, trying to explain, you know, the sunlight issue, um, why it's not bright all the time on the Earth, you could just make a uh, <laughs> an appeal to the black sun and just say it's, it's too complex to figure out because we don't know the information. <laughs> That's how you get out of it. I wonder if well, I could do that too. <laughs> the sunlight, the sunlight bends up the because they they've done all these experiments. Like uh, trying to think, I'm forgetting them. But um, let me think. Give me a second. Yeah. Like uh, oh yeah, like when you know like. Uh, the main proof they use for, you know, convexity of the Earth is they say that shit, you know, ships going over the horizon, you know. Right, right. And but they they even talk about that in zetitic astronomy, and they use that as evidence for, uh, you know, against convexity and for flatness is because actually they, if you actually put a tele, if you look through a telescope, that corrects that phenomenon. You then you can see the whole ship, meaning that it's actually an optical problem. It's a problem with your optics meaning that light is actually curving up. That's why that's why that's happening, because you can actually correct it when you look through a telescope. Well, if you put the concave uh, issue aside for a moment, and so you have, like, three models, and you have, you know, the flat Earth, spherical Earth, and the domed Earth, which nobody talks about, my theory is, is that um, that's actually compatible with the domed Earth, just that nobody's talking about it. It depends what kind of curvature it has. I don't know exactly what it has, you know. I, I don't think that's a huge problem. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I don't believe, see, I don't believe the Earth is flat at all. So it's not, see, that's the thing. See, it appears to prove a flat Earth, but the Earth isn't flat. Yeah, but you believe it's dome, though, is that it's, it has convexity. See, that's my problem, because the whole horizon thing, I think, you can't reconcile those two things, I don't think. I mean, I see, to me, I see no evidence for any convexity at all. Like, it's all, it points to it curving upward. The horizon is just... Um, after the podcast, or after I pushed the record button, that uh, my cosmological model is not based on uh, science? Oh, yeah, yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> Did I mention that before or after? Oh, uh, you mentioned that. Before? Yeah, before. Oh, okay. Well, I want to split it, split it out there. Um, I get lazy, and I, you know, I send Eric off. And, you know, figure this out. Is this compatible with the toner? Yeah. Um, 
what I've done is um, studied the uh, biblical texts and then um, envisioned it in my mind uh, with the um, the ancient models. And now I see it con- this runs through a problem with a concave model. Is you do see consistency. Now, you can't, you know, it's kind of like, you know, CGI. Once you filter anything to the medieval Catholic Church, you can't trust any image. Mm-hmm. But now, someone could say this is a a greater weakness with the concave model, but it doesn't prove anything. Because now you have to understand that you have to go with an even bigger conspiracy. For, for most people, the domed earth conspiracy, that, that's, <laughs> that's too much. You know what I mean? You've got to even push the envelope beyond that. <clears throat> You understand that, don't you? Yeah, but the problem is, is I've actually I've seen quite a bit of people talking about the firmament. I mean, they they talk about like a sort of a model that I held before, which is you know Midgard and then the the vault of heaven, like it's a dome. See, I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody at all talking about the the concave, like the one that I'm talking about right now. Well, I tell you what. I mean, because um, like. I mean, because I look at the Flat Earth Society website, and, I mean, that, that thing looks so professional and stuff, and, you know, I mean... Oh, that, now, did, did you know about the... <laughs> these guys just, just, did you know that the Flat Earth Society is actually located... I mean, this is what I've been told, and I haven't actually verified it. Directly across the street from the Tavistock Institute. In oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I was just going to say that the site just screams a controlled opposition to me. I mean, just look at it. Oh, oh, it, it is. There's so many. There's so many people there too. I mean, there's no one following the model that I'm talking about right now. Right. Doesn't seem like. I saw one guy on there that talked about a domed earth, and his was a real shallow one. He yeah. just gave it. Uh, he, he basically. Uh, uh, took a pancake model and lifted it up in the middle and gave it a dimple. Yeah. And now that will tell you right there <clears throat> that these people are not thinking because you actually want to do that, and yet they just they can't think. It's like either or, the dialectic, you know, either flat or it's a sphere. That just shows you people are not very smart. You know. Mm-hmm. But, um, hmm. Well, let me ask you this question. Have you ever seen any... Um, Historical representations. Because you you've seen these different um models like Babylonian, Hindu, Chinese, um Mesoamerica, even you know, they got native Indian ones up there. Um you know, the Greek Roman Greek or Roman ones. Yeah, yeah. I've seen an Egyptian one, they had hanging stars. You ever seen that thing? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I know it's a modern drawing, they're all though. Similar, you know, and the Hebrew one. Yeah, but I've seen context. like uh, you've seen stuff I don't see. Well, I've seen like Buddhist versions where they have a sphere and then they got a sphere inside and then it's like a concave. But I've also, really? you know, like reading about like uh, Greek cosmology when they're talking about how they had to separate Oranos sky from Earth, huh? you know, Gaia. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it fits better thinking about how they would have to separate them if if they're both curving the same way. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. I mean, if one's a dome, why would they had to have separated? You know, why would it cleave? Why would it have been cleaved to the earth if it wasn't curving the same way? That doesn't make any sense. Now again, I'm affirming a uh, convex domed earth within a concave cosmology. Yeah. So I, I uh, affirm 
the bigger picture is concave. You know? It's all contained within, you see. Uh-huh. In your model, everything is contained within the Earth. Right. Not the Earth, the Earth is basically a womb. outside the perimeter. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah Earth is basically a womb. Yeah. You know, and the Father so is... Yeah, everything is made out of the Father. It's interesting. I have a hollow word, too. You know that. Yeah, but I'm saying everything emanated out of the Father, who's the center, basically like the core of this this womb. And you know what's interesting? I have three... Oh, go ahead. It's like a cell with the nucleus inside, you know? Yeah. I actually have three hollow, hollow subterranean regions. Um, I, I'm not going to go into sub compartments, but just three general ones. I've got. Uh, well, I'm skipping over subterranean. Actually, that's all uh, artificial. But yeah. um, you know, the cavernous region between the hollow earth, hollow interior, and the surface—that's uh-huh. very uh, honeycombed, I believe. Right. And. Uh, so, you know, that's hollow in a sense. And then at the center more, you've got the hollow region. And then, of course, you got this uh, lower under, underworld where Oz is built well. So. Right. Lots of hollow and mm-hmm. concavity. And then I got a fourth one with the uh, the cosmos itself, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I used to hold to this um, hollow planets theory. I don't anymore because I believe the stars are small. They, they possibly could be hollow. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not. I don't really have a definite view on the stars right now. Well, I've got a whole book on that. It's a real thick book. It's a good book. We've talked yeah. about it before. So yeah. anyway, they, this guy, you know, he shows this image of the Mayan calendar. Now, did you did you do any research on that? The, 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 yeah, the Mayan calendar referring to the structure of the Earth. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. You think so? I think so, yeah, I do. I couldn't tell by just looking at it, you know, so I don't know. <clears throat> I was, yeah, I, was I think uh, research on it. it just takes time. I've seen a lot of, I've seen, because it correlates with a lot of other depictions I've seen from, like, Buddha. You know, they call them mandalas. You know, like the Buddhists, the mandalas, they're always the spheres. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then yeah. they got spheres within the sphere. And a lot of them actually put the, almost like if, if you were interpreting it as the Earth sphere, they actually put it within a square, too like squaring the circle, you know, uh-huh. like almost like the four corners of the earth, but they're actually on the outside. I don't know what to make of that, I guess, but a lot of them do that, too. Well, I think, you know, people would say that that has to do with, um, you know, cyclical time. Right. All those discs, whatever the heck, you know. So um, you'd have to make a convincing argument that that's some kind of cosmological representation there. Okay. Um, I don't know, you know. Well, a lot of them, they would put, like, their, see, they would put, like, buildings and stuff in the, in the, like, temples and stuff in the, almost like they're depicting it like it's years. When I've looked at it before, it was a long time ago, though, but mm-hmm. I'm just now trying to remember them through, you know, my new model. But it looks like they have some kind of a dark demonic god there at the center, like Ozenfell. Yeah. Now, you know, the hollow but then again, that could have been Satanists depicting the true cosmology and depicting the Father like looking like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, also, uh, that's the other thing, too, is that how do you know if there's not forgeries, you know? You always run into yeah. problems. Yeah. Do you remember what my view is on uh, Egyptian archaeology? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's my view, too. One hundred percent. And you know, small as far as the smaller artifact, we weren't talking about not talking about the here. And it's one hundred percent fake and I, I think that the uh like the, the the Babylonian cuneiform tablets. Um Yeah. I think they're over ninety percent fake. Yeah. yeah. The reason why I believe that I don't want to digress here too much, but uh it's something an interesting point. I believe that Babylon is located in an entirely different region, which I don't feel comfortable mentioning. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's, that's just my own personal belief. I don't mm-hmm. expect that to influence anybody else at all. Yeah. But um, let me see. Um, the same thing with the Ugaritic um, yeah. excavations. I do not believe that that was um, Canaan. I believe that Canaan was farther north. Mm-hmm. And I'm absolutely convinced of that. <clears throat> yeah. And so, I mean, that, that, they're just massively lying to you there. But, you know, like we've said before, they control all archaeological digs. So, you know what it's like, yeah. Chris? It's like um, <clears throat> the uh, the voting machines. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. We actually don't have access. The public doesn't have access to that data. Right. We don't have access to these archaeological digs. Now, it's a little more complex than that because you've got archaeologists out there, and they're not all controlled, absolutely. Because there's stories about, um, you know, they find what's called U-parts, out-of-part artifacts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they try to get this out there to the public because they're naive, they have ruined people's career because they, they don't have any concept of conspiracies. Just like some doctors, you know. Who actually mm-hmm. try to help people? Imagine that trying to help people. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Now you're in trouble. <laughs> you're gonna use, lose your medical license. Yeah. Okay. So, um, have you ever have you looked recently at Dante's cosmology at all? Probably not, huh? <clears throat> uh, no, but he has a celestial sphere, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So I was gonna ask you about um, because you know the the isn't it true that the classical celestial sphere is kind of open-ended and has to do with mathematics? Um, I can't really say on that. Okay. Um, have you found any evidence for a um, you know, a solid celestial sphere? Uh, I mean, the pictures look like a solid. Yeah. Because I initially, guess, you were presenting that as if it was like a, you know, a solid. I do, I do think it's solid. Okay. Well, see, you know, Wikipedia is not worth a whole lot. So when you go there, I mean, they're, they're just talking about mathematics and stuff like that. It's like a hypothetical. Right. It has no tangibility. Just well, I, apparently I heard that even the Koran, they apparently talk about the heavens as spherical. And they actually say that the sun's like swimming in a sphere. Yeah. Well, see now, see that model can incorporate into your system with mine. I would take that, and I would say that is the cosmos, and then I would prefer to um, maybe put it more in the shape of an of an oblate spheroid. The reason is is because um, my understanding of the approximate curvature of um, of the firmament. It's 
not compatible with a sphere, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more like a dome. Right. You know, like in a cathedral or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Now, you, you can get that out of a... Uh, it's compatible with a sphere if you just go farther to the top of it, just use part of it. But once you go farther down the slope, it's not compatible anymore. Curvature is not severe mm-hmm. enough. So, um... I don't know. With my understanding of the whole horizon thing, I just there, the sky like has to be convex to me. It has to be bulging down. Uh, that's, it's what's obfuscating your your sight, so you can't see past it. The horizon's where the sky meets the land. It's the border of your visibility, because so the sky is actually bulging down, and the Earth is curving up. Well, I think we should talk a little bit about Cyrus Steed. Um, why don't you tell us what you know about him? I mean, you, you probably know more about him because you've been studying this stuff more. Than all well, funny, funny thing is, I, I actually haven't read his book yet. I have his book, but I haven't read it yet. The whole cellular cosmogony. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know. I guess that's a fascinating guy. Yeah. Who made... Uh, go ahead. Say what well, you know made, about him. He conducted this experiment with what he called the rectilineator, and it was like this perfectly level uh, instrument that he uh, basically used along like a like a beach, and he was using it to create a perfect airline, so that the horizon line would be underneath of it, like perfectly level. So he kept he kept like moving it along the beach, and he moved it over like a four mile radius or four mile. Uh, you know, line, mm-hmm. and he found that the Earth, you know, was, was was curving up. Now, have you seen the evidence that people are duplicating his, his, his experiment? Because I'm real conspiratorial. When it comes to this guy, <laughs> I got to say, I got some trust issues going here. Well, yeah, see, I don't, because they totally destroyed him, though. They destroyed this guy, and they have never yeah. repeated that experiment. You know, they totally oh, suppressed. Okay, well, they totally suppressed. Me. Okay. They totally Maybe it's not a work to do this experiment, and you could explain why it hasn't been repeated because people don't take the subject seriously enough to even yeah. bother. Yeah, I'm not. I, mean, I, I think. See, I don't know about the whole like uh, him having the whole Messiah complex angle because he had it, and then the Stephen Christ guy has it too. I don't yeah, know well, if that's, that's just. That's I don't know if that's just some context here. So. Uh, now, Cyrus is not his original name. Right, right. What's his original name? I do not remember. Okay. Well, they, Okay, so he took upon himself the name uh, Cyrus Teed. Right. And uh, now, Koresh, isn't that the uh, the Hebrew name for Cyrus? Cyrus? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well, well, we'll come back to that. But anyway, wouldn't you agree that, you know, looking historically at the big picture, when we think of the concave Earth theory, we think of him um, as being the mad genius that came up with that, as if it never existed before. Isn't that the way it's presented to us? Yeah. 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 Now, you, you haven't, if you haven't seen any, um, you know, like medieval personalities that are associated with this view at all? Um, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Maybe certain aspects of it. 
Yeah. Well, the theory would be that um, they don't want to do that because they're covering up. You know, they don't see the same thing is true with my view. My view is not represented either. So we both got the same, both got the same problem, but we actually appeal to that <laughs> as conspiratorialists to say they don't even want to put it out there. Yeah. Because then people can ponder it and consider it. Mm-hmm. And that is why I say that um, they offer you in the dialectic either a perfect spherical Earth, even though scientists know that it's not, or the absurd notion of a flat Earth. And my theory is. They absolutely do not want you to start to ponder the true curvature of the earth, because that could lead all kinds of difficulties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this person saying this, this person saying that. So to shut all that down, they just tell you it's a perfect sphere. Mm-hmm. You don't have a problem with that, do you? Yeah, no. Okay, now also, before I forget... <clears throat> Um, is it true or it's not true that Midgard, which we call Middle Earth, isn't that a still a dome structure in uh, Oceanus, in your view, or not? Um, I guess you have to qualify domed. Oh, hold on, still... no, that can't work. No, no, the continents are spread out over the interior. Of... Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Now as we go along, we're very. I still think it's. I still think it's. This is why we're doing this. Okay. Yeah. This is why we're doing so. This is why I want to do this. Okay. Because these these difficulties will just naturally arise. They'll come Mm -hmm. up to the surface. Okay. Mm -hmm. One just emerged. Now the way that I explain the four seasons and nighttime is the uh, the tilt of the Earth. Now here's the theory. Which I, I think the I think the celestial sphere is tilted. Okay, well we'll get to that. Well, let me explain my because now what I actually wanted to do I was afraid we'd run out of time. It's, it's always hard to get you on here, so it'd be nice if we could actually get through all this. Because I actually uh, I, along the way I actually wanted to kind of explain my views to compare to it, you know. But we're not trying to um, you know refute each other here. We're just saying you know this is the way I am perceiving it, and this is the way I perceive it. Right. I don't need to spend as much time because I already talked about it. <clears throat> but um, um, the way that you explain uh, the four seasons is that the Earth is tilted, and originally, um, it's like a malfunction, you know. Originally, there was no there was no seasons, you know, Adam's time. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there is a progressive tilt with each world cataclysm. So I have gone into this before. So that's what creates winter. And the seasons get more distinct. I don't mm-hmm. think we had. I'm not sure if we had a real winter, actually, until after the first century. Yeah. Um, but it would have been milder, and there was no Arctic ice cap. Greenland was free of ice, at least in the yeah, southern Yeah, I agree. Part. Yeah, I That's agree. That's a fascinating subject, and the you know the, the Vikings were there, and who mm-hmm. were emperors of Christ, according to Thor Heyerdahl. You ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was what he was researching before he died. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe they killed him. He said, "No, no, no, you're going to get in big trouble with that," because he was too famous. You see, mm-hmm. he uh, took the con Kiki from uh, from the Americas over to I don't know 
Far East or something like that. It's proved you could do it, which I would never waste my time doing that because that's like, why do you have to prove that? That's no big deal. <laughs> Orthodox science historians don't believe it. I think it's difficult. But, um, yeah, so the Earth progressively tilts with each um, cataclysm. Right. And it actually talks about this in Isaiah 24. So I've gone over these things in some podcasts before. So I've got a tilted Earth and a cosmic sea. Now, how do you explain... Um, you have no tilt. Your model doesn't allow for it. So how do you explain the season and progressive course. I haven't really got into the seasons too much personally, but from what I've seen it explained is it's the celestial sphere is actually tilted and the sun and the moon are uh, going around it in a... Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's actually what's tilted, you know, the 23.5 degrees or whatever. And the sun and the moon are going around it in uh, ellipticals and they also oscillate between north and south know, between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Cap- Capricorn. Well, see, my brain can't even analyze that, so you can throw that at me. I, I, can't, I can't even process I have to go back and think about it. Can that work? I, I got I got They're in those videos that I posted. You'll just have to... They got, like, they got like a visual diagram of it. That's, that's fascinating. It's like a big machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mine is, too. Yeah. I've got the uh, firmament reaches right down to the earth and covers it and we have a keep forgetting the word anyway believe that yeah, mine's just like a big yeah, mine's just like a big pressurized container uh-huh pretty much and i think the that stephen christ guy he thinks that the glass the second firmament, the glass layer that is around the sun and, and the moon. Two firmaments. Yeah, he thinks that actually came from the flood, you know, with the rainbow, because rainbows are actually produced when you uh, when you shine a light through glass, and it projects the image onto, uh, you know, like water vapor. Well, you know, I have to tell you something. But, um... I have never come up with a cosmological reason for the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the sunlight being filtered through the glass and projecting onto the uh, water vapor in the air, and it's actually, it's also projecting that arc of the sun, Mm -hmm. which is why the rainbow's arced. Because it's like you know, it's, it's the rim. It's the rim of the sun. It's the rim of the sun that's actually being projected, which is why it's arced like that. <laughs> you think it would be helpful to take magic mushrooms to try to visualize? <laughs> I think people have difficulty. Yeah, but uh, but uh, um, but just for the record, I gotta say, because people get suspicious, I did have taken magic mushrooms, but I haven't <laughs> done it since. 1983. So there <laughs> uh, I, was I had my first religious experience that was legitimate. We're going to talk about that kind of stuff um, at some point. I meant to... Uh, Chris is kicking himself. Dave, why do you got to discredit our whole podcast here? <laughs> that's, that's actually... 
That's funny because that's actually the same with one of my friends, too. He actually uh, came to God while he was high. Well, it, I believe that uh, at least in the short term, you know, even chemical drugs can have benefits in the short term, but yeah. never in the long term. Yeah. Uh, people in the Western world, they tend to overdo everything. They don't have like, like garlic. It's a medicinal herb. You want to use it mm-hmm. microfluidity when you need it. You don't just take it every day. It's hard on the harsh on the body. Yeah, yeah. But I believe that it, I hate to use this word, but you know, psychic centers. You know, but it, it can those things can open psychic centers. I mean, this has all been believed all through the history of the world. The tenth part of the Hebrews believed in it as well. Yeah. Somebody will think that we've been taking magic mushrooms. They go, you know, Dave, you got to watch out for him, okay? Because he, <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's telling you something that I have not had any magic mushrooms since 1983, but he's doing something else. He's taking some other kind of hallucinogen. And that's how he came up with this crazy stuff. These guys are out of their mind. <laughs> what are you smoking? You're not a genius. You can't come up with this stuff like that. <laughs> Now, genius. So we got to talk more about um, Mr. Cyrus here. So he came up with a whole philosophical belief system, supposedly. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, they call it a cult. It's actually like a cosmological cult because the uh, the center truth of his cult was this concave cosmology. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, He's actually a reasonably famous guy. Now, did you ever investigate his son? His son was a famous painter. Oh, yeah, I heard about that, yeah. And you have to factor that into the whole thing. Okay, so what I'm going to ask you, he was down in Florida, wasn't he? Yeah. His cult gradually died out. Mm -hmm. He actually had like a last guy standing at one time. Yeah. Um, So what was your conclusion with the whole thing on him? You think he was I don't think I have. I don't think I have one yet. Okay, that's good. Because um, I'm almost wondering if he. I don't. I, well, I'm not sure if he was genuine, but they could have uh, put him out just to associate him with that view, just to discredit it entirely, so people, you know, would discredit it. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a number of possibilities to show you how complex it is. We've talked about, uh, you know, embedded. Uh, personalities and stuff like that. But you yeah. have a guy that stumbled upon something that they don't like. And then because he wasn't protected by God, they got a hold of him. Hmm, interesting lab rat. Yeah. So at some point, it turned into a psyop, and he was like hypnotized, tranced out. They just took over, but the idea was his originally, but then they turned into a, a series of absurdities. Yeah, I think that's definitely oh, possible, too. And that shows you, you know, how how do you know that didn't happen mm-hmm. or did? We See, that's the problem, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's unfortunate when things are a little bit too far back in history. Yeah, I almost was wondering if he was genuine just based on how they completely destroyed him, plus everybody that uh, followed him, you know. With David Koresh, who is related to this whole thing in the big picture, um, See, he, they, his name was Vernon Howell, and they changed his name to Koresh, and now I'm absolutely convinced. I haven't seen anybody talk about this. They're just um, doing that to mock the uh, the Davidic prince. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to ask about that real quick, just since I have you on the phone. Um, 
did you ask me about uh, numbers? Uh, what chapter was that? Twenty-four. Oh yeah, it talks about uh, the, the one. Forget the star of something. Talks about the. Forget what it was yeah. called. So, yeah. Did you, I mean, did you buy into my? Because we never talked about this before. Did you actually buy into my my view of this? Um, you know, I kind of call him the Earthly Messiah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's critical because you that's going to determine how you uh interpret that passage. So we'll go back to that later. Yeah. I had to ask you that. Yeah, me and Cassandra are both buying into that now. Because see, basically, um once you figure out that there's a secondary messiah, um then everything changes. Yeah. I had to figure out does this apply to Jesus or this David figure or both. Well, the thing about the one in Numbers is it's talking about, like, military-type stuff. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> conquering lands and stuff. And I'm like, Jesus didn't do any of that. You know? Yeah, it doesn't look like it was fulfilled in the first century, but that's just how complex it is because you could have an early precursor partial fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. I was just explaining that yesterday in the Pal Talk chat room. I mean, you'd have to be – we don't have the authority – beyond the apostles to be determining these things any absolute certainty. It's too difficult. Mm-hmm. You, you do need revelation, and the church doesn't think they need revelation, but you do. Mm-hmm. To determine where prophetic leaps are at, because they are there, like in the book of Isaiah, and devil fulfillments, because those are there too. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can see them, but other times it's like, is that a double fulfillment? We don't know. It looks like one, maybe, and we, I don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, with David Koresh, it gets interesting because we know they gave him that name. Now, there's actually secrets about King Cyrus. This is the um, the great king that was um, credited with um, bringing the uh, Judaites back to the land. They were, you know, he was a Persian king. Mm-hmm. He defeated uh, the kingdom of Babylon. But in the Talmud, they actually refer to him as. Um, I don't know if they use the definite article, but they call him Messiah. Huh. Which is not that big of a deal because it calls him that in Scripture. You see, it, if you're going to use like an NIV, it says anointed one. Right, right. It says that about a lot of people, though. translated English. In yeah. corrupt Hebrew English, it would be Messiah, more properly Mashiach. Right. And then in the Greek, it'd be Christ. It's just a word, mm-hmm. see? Mm-hmm. It actually... Re- call him that. But all I'm going to say is, without launching that, there are mysteries about him. Now, I'll tell you one thing. And I agree with the Talmud. I'm not based on the Talmud. I actually believe that he converted to what we would call Judaism. And that leads to other secrets. Okay? Mm-hmm. So anyway, the Illuminati has a fascination with him because they know something about him that they're not telling you in history. Mm-hmm. So there's a little sign-off going, and so they decide to, to to name David Koresh or Vernon Howell that name and then throw in the, the Davidic stuff. And this makes you suspicious about what is going on with Cyrus. Now, here's the thing. Since they already did this with a kind of a bizarre cult, Brand Davidians, which is um, kind of an aberrant... I can't... It's not a Seventh-day Adventist cult, but it's an offspring of that. Mm-hmm. It originates with them. They get into some strange things. You know, the aberrant groups break off. Yeah. Um, 
But um, you're asking yourself, let's ask one simple question. Did he name himself that, or did someone else name him that? Now, see, when you see David Koresh, it raises the percentages that he did not choose that name. You see that, Chris? Right, yeah. Now, obviously, if he didn't choose his own name, well, let me just to show you how complicated this is. The guy could be absolutely genuine, and yet on a specific day, they could use black magic or hypnotism, which is a very advanced, ancient, and medieval science, which you don't hear people talk about very much. Right. Um, he wanted to study that. Look at the, um, the cult of the assassins. You ever heard about that? Mm-hmm. But on a particular day, they could cause him to name himself that. You see that? Even there, it doesn't prove anything. But nevertheless, when you're dealing with probabilities, that probably didn't happen. And I think it's more than a 50% chance that they named him that. And that raises the percentages again that it was some kind of a psyop. And it gets complicated because you can have people with levels of awareness. In other words, they're not just like mind-controlled or they're a knowing agent. They can be an agent but with limited awareness. Because it's yeah. all based on need to know. Well, you don't need to know that. Right. You're in on on the op, but we're not going to tell you about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. In order to keep them from finding out, they will actually put them on some kind of a mind control. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that is an absolutely fascinating episode in American history. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So let me ask you a question. It's okay to say I don't know. Do you think there was a psyop going on there? Well, well, that's that's kind of, we're talking about, let me define it, the significant amount of Illuminati involvement, even if he was totally sincere and not controlled. Well, he would be controlled to some degree if he'd be an innocent dupe. Yeah. Do you think that people are involved with that significantly? I'm sorry, what? You, you're breaking up. What? Do you think the Illuminati were involved with that on a significant level? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, when but, you... Uh, when you, when you when you say PSYOP, though, I'd say it would depend because he could have been genuine just like Cyrus T, and they could have just been uh, doing that like as a mockery. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Now, you could hypothesize that David Crash was Illuminati, you know, World Level Bloodline. Um, the evidence indicates so far that he was sincere, and he was actually being programmed by a psychologist. I'm not sure if he was on meds, but... Supposedly, I mean, this could be tier two propaganda. I can't prove it, but supposedly he was seen going in to one of these psychologists. And that's, you know, one of these CIA psychologists, you know, they they program you. Um, But he he was, I believe that he was sincere. Yeah. Like I said, you could be on mind control and be sincere too. Yeah. Levels of control. So it's a complex thing. Yeah. But um, so it's interesting because, in your view, they're going to use him or try to, and this Koreshian philosophy to um, to, to um, discredit the whole thing. Yeah, discredit. Uh, yeah, guilt by guilt by association. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then what I wanted to say is that I could theorize, although this is less probable. Could have been a mockery of the goddess to, uh, to discredit the, the con, con any con anything concave. Yeah, but I was gonna yeah. say it could have. Yeah, it could have been a mockery of the goddess too, though, because the god it seems like they they put the goddess into the whole uh, Cyrus T thing too. 
Well, let me ask you a question. This is your toughest question today. How does the great goddess relate to concave cosmology? Hey, I already got an answer. I just came with it. Uh, she's got to be in there somewhere. Yeah, she's in there. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> Boss is ticking. Oh, well, I would say it's symbolic of her womb. Oh, yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, Chris and I just concluded, um, well, I, you didn't conclude, I think. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you think that the star and the crescent on the, you know, and Islamic star and crescent represent? Um, probably the crescent obviously relates to the goddess because she's, she's the crescent is her symbol. You know what's funny? When we use the term goddess with the definite article, it's always about the same thing. Yeah, because she's light and dark, so that's the crescent, obviously, and then the, probably the... out there in the forefront more, even though there's other feminine beings. Yeah. She's always out there in the forefront. Yeah. And now, our, just for, the inter- for entertainment purposes, for our audience, is probably completely confused by now. They may be asleep, okay, or disturbed. But the reason that she's out there in the forefront, I'm going to say something else just for entertainment purposes, is because of the itself. He puts her out there. It's artificial. And the father allows it. Obviously. This is what I come up with lately. I don't know if I told you this. Uh, the reason that she's at the center or the forefront of all these uh, uh, media psyops, you know, where she's out there all the time, like in the comics and stuff like that. Azazel <clears throat> scripts all that. This is my new view. As you listen to, like, the media fakery guys, they'll talk about, you know, how, um, and they use different terminology, but basically social engineers are using Hollywood-type technology or possibly military-industrial technology to create these, uh, you know, the media fakery. And then um, what I was saying before is that, no, no, it's these unknown supermen with... Vastly superior technology in subterranean. Right. See, what I'm saying now, I actually believe that it comes from the mind of Ancestel. I'll talk about this later because it's an interesting subject. It's just the nature of things. He likes to get his hands in. He likes to imitate God as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says that everything comes from God, you know, Romans 11:36. Right. He tries to do that as much as he can. He's not going to sit there and, and let them plot. He can go, no, I do everything. You carry it out. See that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. But see, now when you go back and you look at these <clears throat> Lady Gaga videos <clears throat> and the Katy Perry and stuff like that, the recent uh, Grey Goddess stuff, you're just going, whoa, man, because this is literally, I mean, you know Satan's influencing thing, but you're actually like peering into the mind of Augustus. It's <clears throat> creepy. Yeah, yeah. That was a nice digression. So anyway, um, I guess that's enough of Cyrus T. He's kind of a uh, circus type uh, character to me. I don't know. He's an he's anomalous. Okay, so what do you think about this um, other guy you mentioned on YouTube? The um, what's his so name? Steven, Steven Christ. Now he okay. Now this is interesting because both David Koresh and Cyrus Teague, and what's this guy's name? Stephen Christ. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, okay, I'm going to give you my, my spin on him real quick. I believe that he's a total op, but he's in on the whole thing, and he's just mocking. But now, this can be good for you. You can utilize that. You know, I mean, he's just there to mock the truth, you see. Yeah, yeah. He, he could be totally... I think it's but just he can do thing. it whether he's controlled or not. It doesn't matter, see. Yeah, yeah. Guilt by association. The more ridiculous he appears, then, you know. What's funny what is, uh, Chris, is that if he's sincere, I don't think he is. But no, I don't think he is either. Pretending to have a messianic complex, where well, the other two definitely did, unless unless Cyrus Seed was acting. Any comments? Yeah. Um What's funny is uh, he actually, he doesn't just talk about the cosmology stuff, but he gets into, like, eschatology and stuff, too, because he, you know, he's purporting himself to be the, you know, the reincarnated Christ. So he says... I uh, subscribed to his, uh, you know, his his YouTube channel, but I haven't really listened to him too much. Well, it's just, it's basically just about the concave uh, cosmology let me ask you a question. Um, what is your facial expression <laughs> when you watch this video? Uh, depends which, Are you intrigued? Depends which video it is. Uh, if, it's okay. about eschat- if it's about eschatology, I laugh. Well, see, sometimes he might be dishing out so much truth that you forget. You, you focus on the truth rather than the person. Yeah. Yesterday in the panel chat, talk chat room, uh, they focused on the person and not what I was saying, and they just totally ate me up. Now. Yeah, uh, what I'm saying is, though, is uh, his eschatology is he actually claims to be the reincarnated Christ, so he'll, like, uh, he actually believes that, well, he says he believes that uh, there's going to be a cataclysm soon, again. And he actually, he says that the place of protection is going to be in Australia. And he basically wants everybody to follow him there. <laughs> so it seems like a huge psyop to mock what's really going to happen to me, which is there is yeah, going to be I, another. Yeah, I think they're doing that. If they, they know yeah. certain truths are going to come out, they know certain things. There's been yeah. a guy that emerges in the world and they know certain things about what he's going to say. And yeah. so they're all they're already gonna put it out that that's what they do with David Koresh. And uh, that's yeah. what it is. It's supposed to be this effect where you go, Here we go again, we got another one. Yep, yeah. That's it. Just, that's it for you. Yeah. You know you know why, Chris, because this is really weird because it's true that every time the media tells you that there's a cult leader, guess what? We actually believe them. But you know why we believe them? Because it's actually true. Do you think yeah. of any cult leaders that the media told you was a cult leader that actually wasn't? Now, there may be some, but I don't can't. But see, these are all psyops. Mm-hmm. They're all manufactured. You know, Jim Jones, you know. Mm-hmm. Going all the way back, I, I guess it starts with the Charles Manson really gets going with him. You know, the crazy yeah. madman cult leader that we're supposed to fear, you know, to protect our children. Mm-hmm. But what's going to be interesting, there's a guy going to be emerged on the world stage, um, which the church is not expecting. Gosh, he got like surprises, so he did the same thing with uh, Judah in the first century. They go, what? This guy's not going to leave us anywhere. Yeah. He has to die on the cross. Maybe it's another one, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I don't want this guy. Well, it's funny because it shows you got revelation that Christians are not going to be impressed with this guy because they have yeah. a, where's our heavenly Messiah in the clouds? We want one. Yeah, yeah. They want total deliverance, man. Take us up, you know, in the sky. <laughs> we believe in that stuff. It's just putting it on a proper timeline. Yeah. Okay, so let's keep going here. You know, this reminds me of the podcast I did with uh, Eric, you see, where I had all these questions. And you're the expert on cosmology, so we're putting you on the stage here. But it's, it's easy to do it because you've got a lot of information rolling around in your head. Uh-huh. So naturally fun. Um, so let me ask you this question again. Have you seen any visual representation of this model that you thought would be ancient? Yes, at least kind of, sort of. I would say, yeah, sort of. I mean, I would, okay. To be, I to, to give you a straight answer, I'd probably just say no, because I don't think it's, okay. I don't think they ruled it out at all. Uh-huh. Anything medieval at all? Well, yeah, but they see they had the celestial sphere on the outside of the Earth, like I said. Yeah. I think they were they were inverting it. Well, you can see parts of it possibly being. They like to reveal things in parts too. Yeah. So, do you think there's any NASA photos that would support the concave model? Uh, well, I think they're all using. If if any of the footage is real, they're using a wide-angle lens, fish or a wide-angle fisheye lens, and pointing it down, so it's making the Earth look like a sphere and making the horizon, you know, and making it look convex. You actually never want to say no to that question. Yeah, they're photographing stuff, and you know, it's going to be there. Now, see, um, in my view, and I sent you a link on it or something like that, but um, in my view, I have this uh, dome earth conspiracy. Now, you can see it numerically, and it, this tells you stuff. So this is one of the indicators that I got something going here, okay? Because, um, you know, they will, now they, NASA has admitted that there's no live imagery, and they've admitted it's all digital. Did you know that? Right, yep. Yeah. That... <laughs> You know, that's just like the you know, the, the the voting scam, you know. They come right out and tell you that you you know, you don't have access to this, but people still believe in it anyway. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So anyway, but now if you go to Google Images and you put in like a NASA imagery of Earth or something like that, I had to scroll down a long way before I could see anything and it was a really horrible one, it was a pain almost, that showed the bottom of the uh, of the earth there's a consistent pattern of showing only the top now that should tell us something you see that so i got something so what you're looking for is redundant patterns you know mm-hmm. that's where you start to sniff out the conspiracy so i got something going there um now how many uh oblate spheroids do you have do you have any of them no open no. no one they're all gone. Well I guess I guess if you're if you think that the you know, the earth shell would be an oblate spheroid. Yeah. Um yeah. is there some reason you wouldn't want to modify the concave model and make it a oblate spheroid? No. Oh, okay. Have you thought about doing that, Chris? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, uh, when I developed my cosmology, it took me years, years. You know? Yeah. Um, 
So it, this can be all kinds of things you haven't thought about. You, know, you got to tweak this, tweak that. Uh-huh. Um, so you don't, yeah, you don't believe the Earth is probably true anymore. Okay, so um, so that controversy to to you, you know, whether it's perfect sphere or no blade sphere, it's just it doesn't even matter anymore. It's kind of interesting. Well, I mean, like I said, it could the, the Earth shell could be an oblate spheroid. I mean, I, I'm not against that. Now, the whole thing about the uh, the whole Earth is totally different. We're not talking about the surface of the Earth that much here. You know, it sits in Oceanus, but it's radically different. You've got these continents laid out, stressed out where my continents are on a dome. See the difference? Just for people that are listening, that's a radical difference. Yeah. Okay. Just want to point that out. Um, so, yeah, your firmament is a sphere rather than a dome or an arch. Right. Okay, how do you perceive... Um, the concept of Antarctica. That's a fascinating subject. You know, I've looked around. If you're now that that is what the um the Flat Earth Society is good for. See, all that information, the alternative information, it all ends up in places like that. And that way it can be discredited with people. Oh, that's on the Flat Earth Society website. Mm-hmm. See, that's where the all all the alternative thinking is at. They don't have a domed web <laughs> domed earth mm-hmm. uh, you know forum. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't have a concave Earth form either. Which, see now, see we're both going red flag, red flag. Mm-hmm. Why don't they have one? See? Well, the uh, Antarctica. I mean, it it could still be ice encircling encircling the world because it could actually be encircling the the crust, the outer crust. Because obviously, there's going to be no warmth out there because there's no sun. Problem visioning this now in in the domed Earth model. We're not going to go into this right now. We throw out interesting tidbits without even trying to prove anything. But I actually believe that the Vikings sailed from the Western lands, which had many names, the Sacred West. But they um, they passed through Antarctica, which could not possibly have been uh, immersed in ice. Uh, right, right, right. Ice. But after they got through it, now they were aware that there was an ice ring there. Um, you got to trust their cosmologies. I don't. I hate to say it. You know, once I became confident that the epic poem Ragnarok, apocalyptic, was um, created by Illuminati and not actually genuine, then how do you know that their cosmologies are? Yeah, um, you know. Now, my theory is, is that the priority is always to keep the information away from the Christian. How yep. often do you see a Christian cosmology that has those different components of, like, you know, they don't show stuff like that. See, it's safe to have a Norse cosmology. Well, those are the pagan Vikings. Mm-hmm. I think there's something going on with that. Mm-hmm. We really don't know. I, what I think, I think that... Um, the Illuminati probably tampered with it, codified it, but I think it does have at least some aspects of what they believed. One of the reasons is is because there's evidence out there, which we talked on previous shows, that those different components are actually still intact around the world. 
in different traditions. And the tradition that well, we don't even have a tradition, right? But it's the Western world has basically lost everything. The reason is is because social engineering has been mm-hmm. focused on um, the Western world, and the reason it has is because at a time Christianity was very Eurocentric. It wasn't based right. in Africa, despite what the Black Israelites will tell you. Right. No, we're not racist around here, but um, that's just the way things are. So I think racism is a psyop. I believe that everything is a psyop. Yeah. I believe everything is a cult. What I was saying on Pal Talk yesterday, they weren't receiving it very well, is that um, we're born into the cult of society, and you could make the case that Christianity, because it's institutionalized, by necessity, must be a cult. And then mm-hmm. what what happens is you have all these different theological belief systems, like different eschatologies, mm-hmm. and uh, they all have significant problems, even if they do have significant truths, because they emerge out of this uh, cult. Mm-hmm. So I said it before, but I wanted to abandon the word cult because it's used by them and it's a mind bomb. It's not accurate. There's no proper definition. And then I woke up one day, I said, you know something, everything's a cult. Yeah. So I'll yep. go with that. Mm-hmm. It's a slave planet, man. Let's get, let's get real. So, um, yeah. Okay. This is the uh, Extreme Reality Show. That's our secondary name. We're living mm-hmm. up to that. You know, there's no podcast like this out there. This is blowing the one that Connie and I did away. We were trying to be conservative. We tried now. Well, you know, this is what the Hebrews believe. I'm not saying I believe that. Yeah. yeah. We're getting crazier and crazier. So, um, let's see here. Yeah, I was wondering if Connie had ever heard of the concave model. She claims to have known about it before me. Um, I don't know if that's true, because I heard about, I knew about Cyrus T, so I can't be true. Uh-huh. Same something James here. Okay, um, I'm having problems envisioning this uh, ring of ice. you want to run that by me again? Okay. Well, well on the domed Earth, um, Antarctica is not a continent. Um, now, there's a tendency among flat earthers to... Um, the ring of ice, the concept of Antarctica is compatible with both a domed Earth and a flat Earth. Sometimes you have commonalities, okay? Right. And, um, but there's a, there's a tendency to want to make um, Antarctica it's not very wide, uh, my understanding is that, I mean, it used to be more like a ring, but it's it's got a lot of uh, breadth to it. Mm-hmm. It takes you a while to cross it. And just to show you how far out we are, Chris, just to remind ourselves here, um, you have to believe that all, um, everything on Antarctica is totally controlled. Kind of like if they actually were on the moon. You know what I mean? Uh, no yeah. one actually proved it. They haven't been. But uh, it, it's all controlled. doesn't matter where mm-hmm. it's the moon or business as usual. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't have a genuine, um, you know, race across Antarctica because you would discover things. Right. That it's radically different than what we're being told. So it has to be all controlled. Now, see, most people, they can't know. That's critical to the Dome theory. <coughs> and the planet. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, 
you want to run that by me again, the ring of ice? Well, I was going to say, the ring, I mean, I don't know if there's a polar opening there or not. There could be, but I'm, right. if there is, the ice could actually go out and basically encase the entire outer, outer, basically outer uh, crust of the earth. You know, so there wouldn't be any, there wouldn't be any sun or any warmth out there. So it could still, the ice could still be a ring around the earth because it's actually covering the whole outside of the earth. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't a, uh, a Antarctica is a, is a continent? Isn't that compatible with your model? Yeah, it's, it's compatible. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to make it like a a, a ring, a perimeter anymore. Like. Right. Yeah. But I'm still okay. saying if there's if there's a polar opening there, then the ice could actually go out of the opening and still be basically encrusted to the outside of the earth, like all the way around it. Mm-hmm. We could still be well, like a we're ring gonna, of ice. We're going to bring up another problem. This is the second time that um, a problem has emerged, but it emerged in my notes when I was reflecting upon this. Now, let's see if you thought about this, okay, before. Now, what you can do, you can... Well, let me ask you a question. Do you believe in a north polar opening? Yes. Okay. Uh you know, we don't talk about the hollow earth as much. I mean, see, I was a hollow earther um, when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> so I'm rock solid on that. You can't get me out of that position. So um, that's one of the problems I had with a concave model is where'd my hollow earth go, you know? Okay, mm-hmm. so you're going with the polar opening, and um, I've been back and forth, you know, whether there's a... you got to stand, you know, in a quote-unquote floating earth model, even though it's not really floating, it disappears visually, you know? There's no necessity for southern opening. But believe it or not, I've concluded that there actually is one. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't want to explain right now. Now, you know, there's this little interesting digression. Now, my theory is that um, Edgar Allan Poe was low-level Illuminati. Somebody was leaking to him ideas and concepts, assuming that he actually wrote his works. But he actually had uh, a story about an opening at at the South Pole where people came through it. Hmm. I think I'm not familiar with that. No, it's a kind of thing, you know, hmm. that he was putting in the stories, and I think that he had access. I don't think he came up with all that stuff. But he had access to something. Yeah, yeah. So, he's an interesting character. You know, they named the football team after him, basically, Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. And they put out a movie about him not too long ago. Okay, um, a remake. How do you envision the Arctic Circle? That's probably not a problem. Same with Antarctica. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Now, well, I was, um, was going to say too, uh, the Earth could still be Middle Earth too, because I, it could, you know, it could be Middle Earth between the underworld, which would be outside of the Earth, and then Heaven, which would be the middle, you know, or inside the Earth. So it's still Middle Earth. It's, it's middle. It's in between both. laugh at myself because I, whenever I do a podcast, I always try to envision it. What is it like for someone to listen to this? <laughs> and I was thinking of, <laughs> I say, who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> They're either geniuses or lunatics. There's no middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, this fascinating, you know, I mean, you're familiar with the Enochian uh, cosmology. You've seen that visually. Yeah, but I haven't read the Book of Enoch again, looking at it through, you know, this 
this you know model. What I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a good image because it, it's the best one that I've seen that actually shows the way that I would perceive, you know, in a domed earth model. Right. Like, they don't represent the domed earth. They could have. Yeah. So it's flat earth, but it, you know, it's enclosed cosmology, and it's got the the chaotic. See, in the region on the outside, it passes through the firmament. And there's portals there, which he talks about. Then he goes out and peers down and sees this chaotic region. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely believe that that is, um, you know, what we would call hell classically. And it's not really a biblical term, obviously. It's Gehenna, you know, but uh, the, the New Testament calls it Lake of Fire. And um, you know, it's a real dark region. Um, oh, yeah, but what I wanted to say is that that's what Jesus referred to as the outer darkness. Right, right. And there's actually black flame there. We're real advanced around here. It takes years to come up with stuff, black flame. Because mm-hmm. normally you don't have true true blackness, you know, because everything has a degree of light. Right. And my theory is, you know, Augustine spent a lot of time... Um, Theorizing whether the the, hell, the 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 fire in hell was actually material or spiritual fire. That was one of his favorite subjects. I would theorize that um, it still has to be light to some degree, but you're not able to perceive it so because you're darkened. So when you right. look at it, it, it appears to be black flame. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I just came up with that just now off the cuff. Mm-hmm. This is actually uh, a form of uh, <clears throat> Socratic dialogue. It stimulates the mind. You just kind of uh-huh. come up with this stuff. I experienced this for years talking to Eric over the phone. He'd be, I won't say what he's doing. Yeah, well, I was, I was actually going to ask you, how could uh, Enoch have been looking down if, if it, and like in your model? Well, what I have to I, do, I have I, to go I through could... all of that and, and, and rethink it now. I'm not confident. Yeah, because in my model, in a concave, the north pole would actually be on the bottom because it's inverted. So you'd be standing there looking down, and the underworld would be under this concave earth. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, I'm not too impressed with this guy so far. The guy in Germany is coming with these sky-centric videos. He doesn't seem to be very sophisticated, so I... I'm not going to trust him too much when he gets booked in on. Um, I think he's going to misinterpret it. Everybody has a tendency to see their cosmology, you know, with the, the data that's out there. We're all like Everybody. It's difficult to critique your belief system. Most people really can't do that very well. Yeah. And they won't allow someone else to do it because of the ego. See, my <laughs> belief is that through devolution, through time, people become more and more um, emotionally immature and, and egocentric. So the ancient mind was much more mature and open to teaching and stuff like that. It's what yeah. we have to do with modern American males. Um, fascinating subject. Okay. Um, now, heaven is actually a sphere inside the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll go back to... Um, The outer darkness. Um, how do you conceive that again? Just outside the earth. Okay. Well, I got one for you. 
I'm not sure if I wrote it down. How do you do you still believe in pillars? Well, uh, I guess if you're if you're thinking that basically the earth emanated out from heaven, uh-huh. then would would the would the pillars would the, the pillars of earth would they actually be in reference to heaven? I mean, would would the foundation of the earth would that actually be heaven? That's okay, that's kind of how I was thinking about it. Now I can't visualize that. Yeah, it's hard to visualize. But I, I was just thinking, like if 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 heaven is the middle and it's like the core, then wouldn't wouldn't heaven have to be the foundations of the earth? You know what I mean? I ran a blank on that one. Now, there's yeah, a problem with that, but you don't have to have literal pillars. Right, right. Um, the reason is, is because um, I actually believe that the context of Scripture tells us that when the Bible refers to the, um, you know, the four corners of the earth, or the mm-hmm. farthest corner, mm-hmm. that they're not to be taken literally. Yeah. So, if that's not literal then it would be justifiable, because we have a lack of information to uh, make the pillars metaphorical, too. But see, now some people would say I'm inconsistent. But right. I don't see anything in the context of Scripture. All people would say, well, Dave, it's totally absurd. You don't need to go looking. But um, I uh, I actually interpret the pillars um, literally. And you can uh, actually see some interesting Hebrew cosmologies on Google Images. You've probably seen where they actually show these pillars. Yeah, and I believe there's four of them, and I represent the four represent the quaternity. Yeah, we have spent a lot of time thinking about this. The four is very important right now. Just you know, a little fractured factoid. Uh, one of the ways you can prove that people are not even paying attention is we look around. People are very fast asleep. They actually have ten, at least ten books out there right now on Amazon.com about the blood moon phenomena. You know, people say, well, you were saying something's going to happen way back in the 70s and nothing happened. You know, but every day that goes by, we get closer to something happening. I'm talking about doom, because I'm a doomster, you know. It's coming, and um, we've hit a new watermark. But anyway, they've got this grand cross. That's a huge subject. won't go into it right now. Um, I actually believe it's legitimate, but not entirely. The configuration, anyway. Um, but I think they're using a the planet. I don't believe uh, Pluto exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, but I think it's legitimate, and that occurs uh, around the 20th. It's not just like one day. But there is a relationship between, I believe, between these this tetrad of blood moons and the Grand Cross. It has to do with number four. And the number four is very important because you get this Trinitarian mindset of, you know, you start seeing threes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they tend to ignore the concept of four, which is clearly in the Bible, but there actually is a quaternion. Now, there's a, there's a, here's the key. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in a satanic quaternity? Mm, yes. Yeah? See that? Yeah. Uh, you know, the son of perdition would be a lower expression of Oz's own, and you got the... Yeah, and then his, no, his counterpart. For Christians, they have no dark goddess, and they have mm-hmm. no consort. Mm-hmm. They have no consort for um, the so-called Antichrist figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it, it's not going to happen. 
But now if you're consistent cosmic dualist, you're going to go and hold it here. Two different times the moon is referred to as her. Right. Something is up. Because if you carry the pattern over to the hierarchy of white, and if you um, once you figure out that um, Adam is referred to as the son of God, in some sense, at the very least, you're hypothesizing that Adam is a lower, unique son. Okay? Mm-hmm. But that means, because he didn't have a earthly father, that means that Eve is the daughter. Mm-hmm. And he has father, son, and daughter. And mm-hmm. you have a, a satanic quaternity. But the right. message isn't there. Notice, yeah. that, notice that the moon is referred two times as her. Mm-hmm. Could it be that they use Mormonism once again um, to guilt by association to cover up something. Mm-hmm. And that will send Christians absolutely through the roof. But there are patterns there. Now, what that woman would be would be Lady Wisdom in Proverbs 8. Yeah. And you can see her in the first chapter of Sirach, uh, which is actually in the King James Bible, and say, oh, that was Apocrypha. The same Christians that are criticizing that don't even know that there are 66 books. <clears throat> that canon was created in 1825. You find it right on Wikipedia. They don't even know that. They've got <clears throat> 50 years to figure that out. They don't even hear about it. That's a yeah. cultic system. I don't care what anybody says. That's <clears throat> yeah. a cultic system. Mm-hmm. And they define Christianity by whether you believe in the Trinity, which is, doesn't say that you have to believe that anywhere in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they define whether you're Christian. I mean, if you don't believe in 56 books, you are a heretic. Mm-hmm. These things are not in the Bible. So that is a cultic system. Very interesting. Okay, so um, I'm having problems, you know. I mean, I mean, you can just kind of float this like a fire out there. I mean, it doesn't need to be supported or anything. So I, I can't really criticize it. I mean, you know, just put it in there. The eastern and western lands, I guess they're just like the other continents. They're just bigger. Right? Yeah. Okay. I guess, so I, guess I don't even know how much bigger they really have to be, to be honest with you. I do think you run into uh, longitude and latitude problems, though, because um, I think it kind of confines the breadth of oceanus and how big these uh, these lands, these paradisical regions can be. Mm-hmm. The size, they can't be too big because the whole thing has to fit together somehow. Yeah. Because the size of the seven continents kind of limit everything like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. Based on the curvature of the Earth, there's a relationship right. between all that. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, now here's something interesting. How do you reconcile the tradition of uh, praying to the sacred east um, you know, among the Hebrews? This is not like, you know, it's going to refute anything, absolutely. It's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Now, well, the reason I bring it up is because um, I mentioned this a number of times before. We do have pretty good evidence that uh, this is not found in Scripture, but there was a tradition praying towards the east. You know, not every tradition is going to end up in the Bible. These are all kinds of traditions. 
rituals and like that. But see, um, that's the problem. It's just like trying to place Atlantis in the Atlantic Ocean because it says Atlantic. You know, I think that's a psyop. The Greeks mm-hmm. place it at the uh, extremity of Oceana, far west. You're going to try to fit that into your cosmology as well, not realizing that what if you're on the other side of Jerusalem? Well, now it doesn't work, you see. So the problem with the concave cosmology is the east one's interest. You don't have a true east in, you know, like a concrete idealistic sense. You kind of lose that. The very right. runs into the west. Same thing right. with the, um, you know, the spherical model. Mm. going to have that. Mm. And I like the, um, you know, the up and the down. Um, heaven is up, God peers down, man looks up, prays to God. Now, that does work to some degree in a concave model. That still works, yeah. It's, um, maybe I'm being technical, but it's a little bit askew, but maybe I'm just having problems uh, envisioning it. Um... I think you can uh, still figure out the praying to the east thing. You might, ha- I guess, it would have to be like more of a localized tradition. It wouldn't work everywhere on a concave. Earth. Right, right. Okay, it was just for Israel anyway. But see, in the diaspora, you've got the scattered people of God in all of the continents. Mm-hmm. So you can't prove anything anyway, because that was farther back in history. So, um. Yeah, there's no true extremity. Um, not, yeah. Now, now the Bible does teach extremities. You know, the ends of the earth. That's a problem. You know? Yeah, but I, you can't really, you don't really know what that means, though. You know what I mean? Well, I think you probably agree it's harder to... Uh, because that's just like the four corners. That's just like the four corners and stuff. I mean, I can't really, I don't really I know. Think, I think it's more solid, though. I think it's more difficult to spiritualize. Would you agree with that? Or do you think it's the same? Well, because I, I mean, I don't know what end, I don't know what ends means. I mean, is it talking about like, is it, is it talking about like a square, like that has it that has its four ends? Or I mean, what's, what is it talking about? You know? Uh huh. I mean, couldn't well, couldn't actually, end. Um, this Couldn't podcast, end. Couldn't end. Actually, still work. Uh-huh. This podcast I mean, is actually, like, for you, you know, so you can, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I you think... You see some things you didn't think about. Um, you thought about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. So, um, now you've got um, these seven heavens. Now, okay, this is just hitting me right now. This is just hitting me. I think your heaven is too small. Now, you agree that there's seven heavens, right? Yeah. And um, that should be a problem. Now, if there was one heaven, I don't think um, the size of it would be an issue, but um, the seven heavens should be sizable in totality. I don't think there's room enough. I can't do well, what But what I mean... Is- because the heavens would be a different density, though, too, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. 
You know, I mean, what is size in relation to? I mean, if it's... Yeah, the lower ones would be less dense according to yeah, the I mean, so would, cosmic principles. Which I mean, would size, would, work, would size work the same way when we're talking higher densities? I mean, I, I, don't, I can't really say on all that kind of stuff. Well, I can't actually sit here and prove that the seventh heaven is not the smallest. Yeah. Stop and think about this. Um, this would necessitate that the seventh heaven would be the smallest, right? Mm. It would be at the center. Right. It's not like a... It'd be like a cigarette or something like that. Yeah. Where in the domed earth... I'm going to say Hebrew cosmology, but it's just... One, it, it, look at the... Um, the ferment is like a, an arch, you know? Yeah. Instead of a dome. And then on top of that, you have this cosmic ocean... And on top of that, you have another firmament. It's like seven firmaments. If you uh, have seven hmm. firmaments in your cosmology, they have to get progressively smaller. Yeah. In mine, they could theoretically be the same size. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting difference. Artistically, mm-hmm. now also when you look at this, Chris, you have to at times look at it as if you're the creator. Because you can run into artistic problems. To me, that's an artistic problem. I wouldn't like that. I have to admit that I would not like myself to be at the center of the creation. I'd like to be up, kind of above and outside it and up high. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I might have to disagree on that. Well, I'm looking at it artistically. Yeah. I'm, I don't know, like the, the symmetry of mine, though. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's, it's definitely it's the most symmetrical, I think, because I have problems with the whole, you know, because the firmament on top of the firmament, I mean, what's I mean, what's all holding it, you know, at the sides? I mean, is it just like... But I have trouble, see, I have trouble picturing that as opposed to oh, mine. Oh, well, actually, it comes down to Earth, and it literally rests on the Earth, and that's why it must be a machine because this, I'm going with the model. That right, I have. but you were saying there's a firmament on top of the firmament. Like there's another firmament for these heavens. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, so how, is, how, are domes on, on? how are there domes on top of domes? That's not making sense to me. Okay. You know, this is interesting. You could always come up with something that you definitely thought about before. I'm going yeah. to confess these things live because it makes for interesting audio. I have never thought about that before, but I would think that it would rest on the firmament below it. Now, you could theorize that if that's true, then each firmament would be smaller above it. Maybe not. So mine, mine might be smaller, too, out of necessity. I'm not sure. Yeah, that just, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. good argument. That's on to me. <laughs> yeah. But they don't all rest on the earth. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that if they did rest on each other, that would mean that everything rested upon the Earth. Right. An engineer would say, Dave, we've got a problem here. Structural mm-hmm. problem. Um, I don't know if they have to rest upon each other, though. So, you know, there's too, too many unknowns. But, yeah, the firmament well, turn. In my everything would umbrella. Fun. Yeah. And it, because the earth is fixed and doesn't move, it has it's almost like a groove, like ball bearings. That's why it's a machine. Right, right. 
And within that, you have a tilted earth. <clears throat> Sometimes people get confused. Is that the earth? Well, if you're talking about our inner and outer earth, I'm talking about a domed earth. That's contained within inside all that. See, I have trouble with that, though, too, because, I mean, how... Because in mine, what, what's keeping, like, the waters where they're at and stuff and not going over the continents and stuff is because the celestial sphere is actually a sphere in the earth, and it, the rotary force, you know, it's it's turning within the earth, and it, so it's creating this, this electromagnetic force or the ether or whatever you want to call it that's, you know, keeping all the waters down and keeping everything in place. So I, I have... Okay, you've got another problem there that you have to deal with that I don't have to. Now, I mentioned in the text with you on Facebook uh, that there's a book out there. Now, we actually did a book report on this. Um, maybe you haven't listened to it. It's called The Awesome Life Force Book Report. Mm-hmm. You listen to that one yet? Well, the reason we did that is because it's one of the best books out there on alternative science. Uh, Orthodox science calls what Eric and I believe in uh, pseudoscience, and we call what they believe in pseudoscience. I actually think it's mm-hmm. quackery. It's manufactured. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all false. It's like with atoms. I think that they're real, but they don't tell you all the truth. You know? mm-hmm. so. but anyway, in there, he makes a fantastic case. Um, I remember the author's name right now. That that book is available on a PDF. I'm not sure if it's legal or not. The Awesome Force. So try to remember that, but... um. He makes the case that they're lying to us about gravity. Oh, yeah. Now, um, it's not as strong, you see. So it's not as big as a mystery. Now, you have to do this with a spherical Earth. You're basically forced to. But Now, what I want to tell you is that, you see, you've got the same problem. You know? Well, that's something uh, to look into. That's why, are you, are you home yet? How, how would I have the same problem? Oh, well, you'll want to look... Uh, because um, you've got a, a greater curvature. It, it has to do with holding the water to the sides of the earth. It, yours is in the inside, whether on a spherical earth, it's on the outside. Uh, on a domed earth, the, sh- the, the curvature is more gradual, so it's not you don't need as strong as gravity. See, he's trying to he's he, basically what he's doing. He's claiming to have proven that gravity is not as strong, and he's saying that the reason they're doing it is is you know. To, convince you of, you know, their cosmology. Yeah, but wouldn't, wouldn't the glass, the extra glass firmament that's even lower, wouldn't that make it, like, even more compressed and pressurized? Well, there's so many unknowns, you know. I'm just saying, yeah, this is a potential problem, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but that, that's how I would maybe go about answering that, is I think the... Because I actually... Cause, uh, that one Stephen guy, he says that uh, the gl- the glass firmament was created due to the flood because sediment actually came down with the celestial ocean, and the sediment the sediment basically like I don't know he says it levitated in the ionosphere. <laughs> yeah, I mean he said it, levi- sorry, it levi- He said it levitated in the ionosphere and fused, and that's how this yeah. glass this glass firmament form, but I mean, that, that makes sense to me, though, because the, the glass firmament is like where the, you know, the ionosphere, they bounce the ham radio waves off of it. They, I mean, they even tell you that, like on Wikipedia, they bounce them off the ionosphere because it's, li- it's a literal glass sphere. It's a solid thing that they're bouncing them off, you know? 
you can always tell when the uh, Illuminati really appreciates one of our podcasts. They make they create all these weird beeps and stuff. I got that going on in my cell phone. So that's going to screw up our uh, audio a little bit. I mean, I'm laughing because, like I said, I always look at this perspective of somebody listening to it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the average person is not going to look at Stephen Christ as um, an agent. They're going to look at him as some kind of psychotic madman. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the reason I was laughing. Um, because you're referring to him as a source. But this is what happens when you get that conspiratorial. It's those type of guys that will actually give you the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, the average person, they don't realize that. The problem is, where is the truth that he's giving? Because mm-hmm. then he'll mix in total absurdities. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be an absurdity himself. Mm-hmm. Whether he's in it on it or not, he's an absurdity. Can you agree mm-hmm. with me on that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Stephen Christ, you probably must have to give in on that. Um, so anyway, another issue is that, um, okay, you got these seven hells, which is the recent development. And this is based on, uh, we could call it cosmic, dualistic cosmology or something like that. Um, you see these opposites, even when it comes to structure. What was the reference that we came up with, the seven hills? Well, all the, all the ancients apparently believed in it. I, I got a book on it that says all the, the claims that all the ancients had a tradition of that, seven hills. Oh, wait, it was a Babylonian one, remember? Yeah, but it, it was it was said, it said it was an ancient uh, Hebrew tradition, too. Like, pretty much everybody believed in it. Seven, the seven I, hadn't even, I hadn't even gotten around to Googling that. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I'm, a, I'm an absolute believer in that. So you've got some height structure there. So how do you uh, allow for that? How, okay, so I haven't asked you yet. So in the domed earth model, which I believe is the ancient Hebrew one, you have um, the earth appears to be floating, but you've got some kind of support system down there. I don't know how wide it is. But basically, the, the scripture... Let me ask you this. I mean, uh, isn't the scripture pretty clear that below the earth, in some sense, there's there's water? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember that passage in the book of Job that talked about the Rephaim being in the water below the earth? Mm-hmm. See, most people think, you know, below the surface of the earth, so we're talking about a subterranean ocean. We're talking about below the entirety of... Um, the universe. Anyway... Um, you have an anti-firmament in this model, and you have an un- anti-heaven. Yeah. And uh, you also have a, uh, a a cosmic ocean, and that would be the bottom of uh, Oceanus, because you have a, a cosmic ocean associated with the firmament in heaven, the lowest one anyway. Uh-huh. So now, mine's very simple and graceful, I believe, you know, in shape because the curvature of the anti-ferment, it, you know, it's the same. It's just the bottom. What you know what it is? It's this. Um, this is a problem for your model here. You'd have to reject this. That um, I'm convinced that the um, the brazen sea, uh, which I believe was made out of brass, in Solomon's uh-huh. temple, actually represents what we call the abyssos. And this is actually the literally the bottom half of this, what we call a trinium. That's the word I was looking for earlier. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's mostly mm-hmm. water. Most it's mostly water. And mm-hmm. uh so you look at the bottom curvature of that, that's your anti firmament, and below that anti firmament is the um, what we call the underworld. And sometimes the anti heaven. See how you have an ocean there too? See, see this pattern there, in my model, there's a lot of consistency visually. That's why I like it. Yours is more complex and hard to visualize, but maybe that's because it's new to me. I mean, it is. It's it's new to me. But there's a lot of simplicity to mine. Um, Anyway, now how do you you, uh, perceive... um, the underworld to be, because you still hold to the seven hells, right? And the, Now, in my model, that's just seven levels of heaven. Now, you were speculating about seven spheres? Or did Possibly. You abandon that? Yeah. You abandon that? I'm not, really, I'm not really sure on all that, to be honest. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's okay. just like, I don't know if it's just seven la- layers, like within the, I mean, within like the crust of the year. I, I don't know. I guess I'm not really you sure. Want, you may want to look at Dante's cosmology. I looked at that today. Mm-hmm. He's got some stuff to offer there. Okay. Yeah? Mm-hmm. He may be throwing something around there. <clears throat> He's represented as like a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. Now, in the ancient... Well, okay. they must be consistent. Dave comes on the podcast and says, we can't know anything for sure before the 14th century. Well, but we try, don't we? So, I mean, you know, they throw this out there. They have these representations of the earth as a, as a turtle. Right. And a domed earther, he's going to jump all over that. And this is why you get tempted to fall into this uh, floating earth theory. Mm-hmm. But like all analogies, they break down to some point. Illustration is going to communicate the basics. Um, that would be inconsistent, you know, with your concave model. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure um, about that. I don't think you believe we live inside a turtle. <laughs> no. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we went over the four seasons and the night and stuff like that. And uh, you gave a good explanation of that. I didn't expect that. I thought you might be stumped and go, oh, I haven't got around to that yet. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of thinking about this. Yeah, I've basically been researching it like nonstop the past few days. Yeah, and you... I don't know, I got pushed. I don't know. I discussed about this stuff. I got pushed back into it. I don't know why. It's like something pushed uh-huh. me. I, mean, I don't think it was like malevolent either. I think I don't. I think I was pushed into it. I think God pushed me back into it for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'd have to get revelation on that, you know. But so you did a good job of explaining how the heavens would be a secondary source of light. And mm-hmm. um, now, when we look at these scientific experiments, this is my weakness. But I can see certain patterns. They're never presented properly because they always ignore. Now you got to understand the domed Earth theory has never been refuted historically. So I got something there, okay? It's never addressed. Mm-hmm. People say mm-hmm. that's a weakness, you know. But uh, I don't think so because it has too much evidence for it um, in the ancient world. And I, See, we, we don't even throw around scripture around here. 
We have <laughs> what you want to do. I did, I did uh, post a link one time in the podcast. But basically, what you want to do is go online and look at a, a little document called the Flat Earth Bible. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, well, it's written by uh, probably an atheist, and he's, you know, criticizing, criticizing the Bible and comparing it with science. It's in the Bible can't possibly be true because, it's, you know, he thinks it's teaching the flat earth, but uh, he lays out these scriptures really well to show, you know, that the earth is fixed, it cannot move, because the Bible says these things, you know. Right. So there you can see some scriptural support, because there's quite a bit of it, and you go, wow, <laughs> the Bible really does teach, the, you know, the basics, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. which are compatible with what both of us believe and the flat earth. Yeah. Anyone goes. But not yeah. this heliocentric garbage that they throw at you. You know, you know they're going to lie to us. Come on, you got to get... Just, just It comes down to, you know, two words. One word is trust, and the other word is suspicious. you got to get suspicious. I mean, you got to have some suspicions, you know, once you realize who's running the show. But anyway, you look at these scientific argument uh, ex- experiments, um, they have a lot of straw men argumentation. I'm just from my viewpoint, I don't want to press this too much, you know, but he he's like, you know, like the, the sky centric. See he's gonna um he's gonna compare sky centrism um with an concave model. That just has addresses the uh you know the the sky up there, the heavens and stuff like that. Right. Um but he's gonna focus on the straw man, see, it's a straw man from my perspective, heliocentrism, you know what I mean? You know, like, say, a Jehovah's Witness, they love to focus on the Roman Catholic Church, which is obviously corrupt. But after you've destroyed that edifice, which is relatively new, um, because it's self-evident it's corrupt, even an unenlightened person can see that, just like an unenlightened person can identify a hypocrite. It's self-evident, you see? So you don't have to be intelligent or spiritual. What does that mean? That the Watchtower Bible to Track Society is God's visible organization on Earth? No. You see? Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. because you easily refute the fallacy, and actually believe it's a delusion of heliocentrism, <clears throat> we talk about the illusion of free will around here, too, that mm-hmm. does not prove that sky-centrism is true. Um, you have mm-hmm. to address all the different models, and you'll notice that now, that's a red flag, you know, that they keep ignoring the dome earth. Now, your model is being addressed. This is interesting. When you study propaganda, you can theorize, the, you know, that don't even talk about that one. You know, the dome earth one. Don't talk mm-hmm. about that at all. You know, because they mm-hmm. don't. So, um, I have a bit of a problem with that. Uh, well, I Tile the variation of it though. Like mine isn't being addressed. Because I, I hold, you know, the seven heavens and the seven I would hold to the seven hells too. It you know, it's a variation. Yeah. But I mean the 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 firmament is a dome, pretty I mean that's out there, definitely. There's a lot of a lot of people believe yeah, that. Yeah, the firmament is a dome. Yeah, but not the Earth. Right. They're not addressing that one. Right, but I now, but you I can have, see that if, have, if you go onto Google and put "domed Earth theory," you, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, funny. I do these searches. You know what happens? I end up in mm-hmm. my show notes for the podcast. 
Mm-hmm. That tells you something. <laughs> I know. I just have problems with any kind of convexity with the Earth. Just the whole horizon, the whole horizon thing. Just like I said, I don't know how to. I don't know how to reconcile that with any sort of well, like convexity. Said, on, on Facebook, you're a cosmological anarchist. Yeah. You're going where no man has gone before. Um, <laughs> at least recently. <laughs> Uh, so if you were to assemble this model, uh, and it was the correct, you'd be the first person to do it since um, all these different aspects were lost. You know, it's kind of like a little model that you buy, a little kid, and you put all, you, you, you fit all the pieces together, you know what I mean? You, they plug mm-hmm. into each other. But that'd be cool, because if this ever went public, you could actually have little things like that, you know, for kids, instructional-type toys. Mm-hmm. You go, where did this go? Mm-hmm. Ask the expert, Chris McCombs. You can send him an email. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> this fits here. Um, do you agree with me that the um, you know the horizon experiments that that these this experiment proves at the very least that the curvature of the Earth cannot be as extreme as commonly assumed? Uh, yes. You don't believe in the flat Earth, see, so it can't be what they're saying. Right, right. You know, so yeah, you, yeah, that, you yeah, agree that, that it potentially that, could be compatible with the curvature of a domed Earth. Would you agree with that? Um, without well, supporting a spherical Earth, the, 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 the domed Earth is in the middle. Well, I guess that would depend on if you think that some of the high altitude footage is real. Because if some of that's real, then they even the, it's even been caught in those that the horizon was flat. Basically, when they're moving the fish island, like when they're, you know, because if they move it up, then it makes the it makes the Earth uh, convex, and if they move it down, it makes it concave. Mm-hmm. So when like they've caught in footage when they when they're moving it, they pause it like when it when it's in the middle, and it showed that the horizon's actually flat. So if you think that footage is real, then, I mean, if, if they're all the way up there and that footage is real and the Earth still isn't showing any curvature, I don't see how you could reconcile that even with a dome unless the Earth is really? just... Unless the Earth yeah, is just... I'm thinking too simplistically because I'm going, okay, the Earth is not flat. You agree with me, the Earth's not flat, right? Right, right. And it's not a, uh, a sphere. Right. Hold it. You're thinking it is a sphere. Well, a different kind of sphere, yeah. Yeah, you think it's a sphere. Mm-hmm. Well, this, well hold it here. This this, pro, this experiment is supposed to be a problem with that. Well, no, because it's, it's a sphere, but we're on the inside of it, not the outside, so it's curving up. Okay. You know, what I need to do is listen to this podcast. There's so much information and reflect on it. And it will stimulate even... We could go on for months with this kind of stuff. This is our third one. <laughs> we haven't even gotten into scripture, see. <clears throat> yeah. Just speculation, mostly for entertainment purposes. Oh, in part, anyway. It's not all about entertainment. But um, I think it's entertaining. Mm. Um, 
But what I'm trying to say is that um, the earth is not flat, and uh, I believe that Hollywood is now, you got another problem here, okay? Now, Hollywood is lying to us, telling us it's spherical earth. You're agreeing with Hollywood here, but you're saying that um, the lie has to do with the inside-out thing. Right, it's inverted. Now, to me, that's a weakness, but um, I can see where it wouldn't necessarily be perceived that way with you, because you're going... Look, Dave. Can't you see the psyop? It's an it's an it's an outside inside thing. They got yeah. you, Dave. They got you in the trap. They turned, They made heaven outside, and they made heaven flat, and they Dave, made they made the earth. You know. How they about earth. let's come up with this theory, okay? Um, Dave used to listen to the new wave craze, which came out of the um, the punk rock craze in the late seventies. And they had a group called Devo. Mm-hmm. And when the Illuminati analyzed my electromagnetic aura when I was three years old, they saw embedded information that increased um, the probability statistically that I may create an alternative cosmology. So they viewed me as a threat. So at some point along the line, they... Can, they um, they created a psychological operation called Devo. The band, you ever heard of the band Devo? Mm-hmm. Apparently you haven't, they're before your time. You've not heard of Devo? No, I have, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of them. And they knew that Dave would be attracted. Well, they actually sent out subliminals to track into the band, but they had embedded information in the music that were designed to... Um, <clears throat> work synergistically with the little hats they used to wear, which symbolize a domed earth. But the indebted messages set me off the wrong track. So I wouldn't discover the true cosmology, which is actually convex. Now, is that a conspiracy theory? That is a theory, by the way. Is that too complex for you, Chris? No, that's not too complex. Okay. just want to see if you're falling off. I don't have it too complex. Um, okay, yeah, so I'm just trying to say is that that experiment, uh, I don't believe that the Earth is spherical or flat. I believe that that is a dialectic. And that's a good mm-hmm. argument. you got to agree with me. Mm-hmm. There's a, yeah. It's a classical dialectic. So the truth is in the middle. And so because it's neither it's neither spherical or flat, that experiment can't have, verify either one of those models because neither one of them is true. So um, by logical deduction, it has to do with some kind of uh, curvature that's compatible with um, a domed Earth model. See how that works? <laughs> well, it could be that it's basically over... Uh like if you were over a, a short distance, the the Earth, or like a more general distance, the Earth would be flat. But if you were measuring the whole, it starts to go concave. Or either, or it's the opposite. The Earth, from for a general distance, is is flat. Is flat again the same? Or and then and then you go farther, and then it starts to curve down, like in yours, which would be the dome, right? Mm-hmm. So that'd be like the next dialectic. Which one's the true one? Yeah. You know? 
Well, you got a dialectic with yours, too. Yeah. Uh, mine has two false options. To me, it's more like a classic one. You know, like a you know, Republican, Democrat, neither one of them is credible. <clears throat> so, um, I can't criticize the sky-centric video so much because I've only... Like I said, it was a stimulate. Basically, it stimulated all this stuff I have right here. I, every time an idea would come in, I just wrote it down. So, mm-hmm. you know, I only got to the. Um, <laughs> so I don't watch videos very much. I only got to the part where um, he was talking about the experiment that Cyrus T did. Oh yeah, yeah. And you called. Mm-hmm. Now it'd be interesting to see how he handles the Book of Enoch because I think he's going to screw up on it. Because no, he never talks about the Book of Enoch. What's, what's that? He never talks about the Book of Enoch. Uh, he did do it for a little bit. He mentioned it. I thought I thought maybe he'd go into detail at some point. He never did, huh? No, no, he never goes into detail on that. Well, he does not appear to be very learned. That would be learned interesting if he did, but no. He doesn't appear to be very learned to me. Do you think I'm underestimating him? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, he's got a lot of video there, so I've only watched a little bit, so. You know, he's um he's not going to come across too good in uh, in English. You know? mm-hmm. Um. Does he pay much attention to ancient views? Yes, he does. Okay. He appears to rely heavily, or that theory on the idea that sun rays elliptically bend upwards and that sun rays are not straight. That's what I call them, sun rays, like a sunbeam. Mm-hmm. That seems to be really important with sky centrism. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, I can't comment on that intelligently. Mm-hmm. I think that's a drum that you guys really want to beat, but uh, you may have something there. I don't. I can't really, you know... I wish Eric would get involved with that. <clears throat> I think he's doing uh, dinner in a a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need some intellectual stimulation. Maybe we could recruit him. <clears throat> His mind actually functions better than mine. I'm more of a theological, philosophical type. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, whether for the better or worse, and I think it, it includes both. My view d- did not rely on scientific studies. That can be both mm-hmm. a weakness and a strength. Uh, I think it's both. So mm-hmm. uh, my view is more based on the scriptures, which we haven't really talked about, and ancient representation, representations of cosmologies, and then just like logical, drawing logical conclusions out of the most probable thing, you know, and trying to visualize it. That's the way I did it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Some of the stuff he's already talked about. Uh, now, he uh, he tended to make a big thing out of the word sphere. And I thought that was interesting, that document that you sent me. Excuse me, uh, the word oh, it's translated circle in English twice. Oh, yeah, I thought that was a good document, yeah. Now, the heliocentrists, they only, um, that's, that's pretty much all they have. Okay, now, the word sphere... Now, this is very important, Chris. Now, 
we're not talking about Paleo Hebrew. We're talking about corrupt Hebrew mm. and Aramaic. But I, I think it would still carry over. But they don't have the word sphere. You know that. Mm. Now that would be um, a failing if he never mentions that because he's trying to push this thing about the true uh, original meaning of the word. Um, well, he calls it a ring instead of a circle. Well, he called it a rim, actually, or like a perimeter. A rim. There you go. Not yeah. a ring, but a rim. Yeah. And how did he describe that? Again? It has an uh, to it. Well, it'd be like a perimeter, like as in the earth is enclosed. We're on the inside. Like it's a, it's a, it's a perimeter. It's a, it's a ring like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible does do that kind of thing. If you go... To Revelation uh, chapter 9, verse 1, it talks about something within something else. I can't even remember it right now. Um, I should actually look that up. I'm opening E-Sword. Um... Now that, that that's a that's a weakness with your overall model. Now you don't have the word sphere because he was saying that they don't have. What was the word he was saying they don't have in Hebrew? That he didn't mention they don't have the word sphere. No, I think he said they had the word they had the word sphere, but they didn't use it in that verse. It, oh really? It, yeah, yeah. Now this they is the problem. Okay, they differentiated. Yeah, I'm gonna make a case. Okay. We don't have a proper understanding of uh, not only Paleo-Hebrew, but the later Hebrew. Mm-hmm. To be absolutely certain what words they had and what words they don't. Because the first thing you have to understand, duh, were all Hebrew words used in the Bible. No. Mm-hmm. An example of that, as far as I know, is the word Shekinah. I mean, you've heard that a lot. People assume it's in the Bible, but it's not in the Bible anymore. But it is a Hebrew word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we don't have. We could. If I'm going to be consistent, I'm not talking about lost knowledge. I, I can't even make a case. But we are. You know, what we're dealing with a lot of times is probabilities, percentages. So it still kind of um, supports my view. Um, what did you say about the sphere again? He said that they had the word sphere, but they. Uh, they didn't use that word in that verse to describe the earth. Okay. They, differ- they differentiated um, between this this other word. He needs to try to prove that. Do um, you think he did a very good job of proving it? Yeah. Okay. Now check this out. Revelation 9-1, And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star falling. And I believe that star is a double metaphor. I spent two hours on a podcast while Hector went to sleep trying to prove that stars were double metaphors in certain contexts. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. A star falling from heaven to earth, and that refers to a beam as well. And it doesn't mean fall. It means come down from above. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. Now, this is fascinating. Um, there are a lot of scriptures that point to a hollow earth model. Now, you ask Dave, where is this? South polar opening in the Bible. 
There it is right there. See yeah. The bottom was yeah. Now, see, the shaft is a component of the bottomless pit. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. Now, at the present time, I believe that the shaft is the polar opening. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of width to it. Mm-hmm. Thickness, you see that? Yeah. Now, if you understand the conception of this, if there was no ice cap there, you can literally sail into it. And that right. helps you to understand that it's, that it's actually a shaft. It has some length, top to bottom. Isn't that mm-hmm. fascinating? Mm-hmm. Right in the Bible. Now, you can look that up in Thayer's um, dictionary, and he actually compares that visually to like a gourd, you know, where you have the top of the gourd, almost like a handle, and that's like the shaft. It's mm-hmm. not a perfect analogy because the gourd doesn't have the bottom thing, just the top. It's still it's visually there. That's the way he did. Thayer, the 19th century Unitarian uh, Greek, scholar, highly respected, even though he uh, had Christological heresies, and uh, that's the way he's conveying that visually, or his understanding of Greek. Now, the reason he can be a legitimate Greek scholar is because um, you're not going to live over die over your um, theological beliefs. At least, most of the time, it comes down to, can you translate this word properly? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. People go, well, he was a Unitarian, there. Well, I'm walking to a. I was going to say you can walk into a good Christian bookstore. I'd like to know where, but you used to be able to because that's where I bought it. <clears throat> and, and, you know, a, a good Christian library. They'll have players like. Um, you know, we're winding down here. Um, okay, you want to tell me where anti, how anti heaven is uh, located on this model again? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. It's Anything, on the outside, any, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be on the outside. Yeah, it has. It has uh, depth to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You could like glue it on there. Um, how do you salvage? Now, this may be a problem. This could be a big problem. How do you salvage the hollow Earth model? Well, it could still be hollow in the. You know, there could be layers. To the outer, you know, the outer part of it. Now, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I know how deep, like the, the yeah. uh, you know, the actual encasing of it is. I mean, it could be, it still um, be. I think that you, what you want to do, is create. It, you could easily run into a model that has unnatural depth in order to salvage the hollow earth. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the nature of this interior region would look radically different. You see, now in mine, I don't have a problem with it being a sphere. In yours, it would be a long cavern running kind of like from left to right. Is that true? Uh, Unless it's localized and smaller. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, that'd be true. Run, you could theorize that it runs around the entire globe. Yeah. And see, I'm so ingrained in these things. That's problematic to me, but um, mm-hmm. I can't prove that it's a sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that there's an inner, quote-unquote, 
uh, a luminous object? I'm trying to avoid the word sun. <clears throat> uh, Will this hollow earth? Possible. Most hollow earthers believe that. Yeah, it's possible. I, I can't. I guess I can't say on that either. That almost could be. Uh, that almost could be disinfo for internet as an inside of our earth right here. And There's a lot of speculation about that. Some people think that's the black sun. You can see yeah, that. that could, like I said, that could be a reference to the black sun and be disinfo. Because the, well, the, inner, the, the, the inner of the earth would be inside of our earth right here. So it would be here with us. So they're obscuring um, that. You know, I haven't addressed our audience yet, but I just want to ask them a question. Are, are you confused yet? <laughs> yeah. nobody, nobody answered. <laughs> well, let me ask you now, after I referred to Revelation 9-1, do you believe that there's a southern opening? Are you a consistent bottomless pitter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think there's a, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah it's actually in the Bible, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, now we got a problem. This is like a fourth or fifth problem that's emerged. Um this is like a uh, artistic problem, and also um, I would say a geographical problem, and I would also say a um, geometry problem. You have just admitted, and I wasn't trying to trap you now. I didn't even know it was coming up. <laughs> I just looked up. You've admitted, well, now you believe in the sacred mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And you believe in the... Um, Eastern, Western lands, or in the north and the south. Possibly. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying I. Okay. I'm not saying I know where those are at. I'm not. Well, sure. you may want to move. You might. You may want to move them now, because where you have them presently, it would be. I can't prove it. Okay, but artistically, geographically, and I actually believe um, mathematically. Um, I word there, but. The sacred mountain should be at the center. The problem is that's where you want the hole to be. You have to resolve that. Yeah. And did you think about that before? Mm-hmm. I figured you hadn't. <laughs> and Chris goes, "That's okay. I'll just, uh, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a little uh, toy that you're playing with, and everything is like maneuverable. You create your own cosmology by Chris." You just slide it. Oh, it's got a little ability to slide, Dave. Look at this. I just moved. There, it's okay now. Problem solved. I wonder if the mountain could almost be like, uh, like on top of it. I, I don't know. I guess like the. I don't know. Now, when I first started to imagine the concave cosmology, um, you know, Christians would think the cos the, the cosmic mountains are totally uh, mythological. But we won't go on that now. We have to other shows, but. Um, <clears throat> That's just one of many extreme things we've talked about. But um, I couldn't embrace the um, concentric uh, sphere theories because um, concave, just because of the sacred mountain. I imagined them, um, you know, being parallel with each other and pointing straight up towards heaven, where yours are kind of like they're bent and almost. Facing each other at an angle, you can't resolve that problem. Well, how would they be facing each other at an angle? Well, that's okay. It's okay, Dave. The problem is with your cosmology. How would they be facing each other at an angle? 
Wouldn't they be wouldn't they be top down for me? There's a there's a beautiful um symmetry to the domed earth model. It has commonalities with flat earth, okay. Everyone's standing straight up. In your model, people are leaning sideways. And now, do you have people that are upside down? I think you do, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That same problem with the spherical earth. Okay. Be aware of that. <laughs> I don't like uh-huh. upside down people. <laughs> but you know what's interesting? Um, the real problem is that God is not up. In your model, God is always up and heaven is always up. Isn't that interesting? Even though yeah. you're upside down. <laughs> or leaning sideways. Well, it's still, it'd still be up, though, relative to the person, you know. Uh-huh. So it always, it'll always still be up. You could, yeah, you could say it's relative to person, uh, but yeah. not relative to the cosmology. Um, at least not in the purest sense. Yeah, I guess not. Uh... Okay. talked about these things I'm looking at here earlier. Uh, You think that you have the North issue handled well? Uh, Now, if you look at the, um, you know, like the Hebrew, it's not the real Hebrew, you know, like like Hebrew expressed in English, you have the word saffon. You've seen that. I forget if it's Isaiah 14 or if it's Ezekiel 28. By the way, those are two passages that talk about the cosmic mount. I mean, you know that, other people don't. And it, if you look carefully there, you'll actually notice that the garden is on top. That was an ancient concept. That's what we've lost. We lost the mountain and we lost the paradise on top. We also lost the paradise that still exists. See, that's one of the ways, unless you're going to make the garden invisible, you can do that, okay? But you cannot, you can't prove that, so it's unprovable theory. See, um, you've got to consider the possibility. Your cosmology, is there's something haywire here. Because Jesus said that um, to him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is where? In the paradise of God. Now, Christians are confused about the paradise, you see. Well, let's just simplify it. What paradise is he talking about here? He's talking about Eden, the garden, because that's where the tree is. But that was in the first century. Now, there's no way to get out of that problem. People just, that's, that's a good example, Chris. When we come on the podcast, Christians do not believe Jesus. We've given them more examples like that. They don't believe that. <laughs> and now also you can go back to Genesis, of course, and you can see that, you know, you start off with a garden there in Genesis 3, and you got the cherubim garden it. No word in the mm-hmm. Bible does it say that anything changed, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's an improvable theory. And uh, now I believe that these mountains are very high. I think my mountains would be bigger and better than yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the mountains uh, are definitely, the, the mountains are probably the biggest problem with mine. Yeah. I really, I really have no idea where to put those, to be honest. <laughs> I think as, as you look at this more, um, you're going to see that there's kind of like um, shaping difficulties. To me, that I'd say artistic. Um, I think it's overly complex, too. 
I think there's problems. Mine's simpler. Do you agree that mine's simpler? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I still have problems, though, with it. Just the, the general shape. Like, uh, I mean, you know, the domes on top of domes and, you know, how is oceanic? How is the we don't really know the structure of the seven heavens at all. So. Yeah, I mean, like the outer. I'm not really responsible for producing the evidence. You got to give me a break on that one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's an unknown, and so if it's unknown, you kind of just got to pass over it and focus on the things that we do know. Right, right. The more we know about them, that's what we need to focus on the most. If we got problems with the things that we have the greatest amount of certainty, then we go, uh oh, we got one here, you know. <clears throat> right. I have problems with God being confined. Well, maybe the word confined. Confined is not proper, but um, being set in the center of a, like a compressed heaven that's the smallest of all the heavens at the center of everything. Um, I kind of mentioned that before, but I probably. Now, there's, in support of the concave model, you have this interesting Nazi cosmology, which can't actually prove, but I want—I just wanted to say that I eventually, first of all, I was very skeptical that they believed that, and I actually concluded that they did. And now, in my view, um, you know, people that are high up in U.S. politics, the true cosmology has not even been revealed to them. It's mm-hmm. been revealed on a need to know basis. It's a huge, massive secret. You know what, I mean? mm-hmm. what supports that view is my is that I already know about the sign in the sky. That's what we call it, and mm-hmm. uh, they've got to keep that a secret, just like alchemy. Very few people, because it's too easy for it to get out. Mm-hmm. Once one person tells another, you either got to kill them, or the information is off and running. You can't control it anymore. I mean, they can control it. They can kill people, stuff like that. But it's just it's a managerial problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. So, I mean, you could look at that as, um, you know, with all the esoteric that the Nazis had, you say, but they, they understood, you know, um, they knew what was going on. That's interesting. Um, in support of the convex domed earth model, I would say that it's, you know, it's never been refuted. Uh, in the modern era, it's just simply ignored. And to me, that at least raises the pink play. Mm-hmm. Um, in the future, we'll have to discuss like, um, you know, when it comes to this, um, the bending of uh, sun rays and stuff like that. Uh, there is, a, there's an illusion of the sun, you know, when it rises and sets, it appears bigger. It's just yeah. obviously an illusion. I, I can't wrap my head around all that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it. I don't know how long that was, but uh, that was a good podcast. Mm-hmm. Those are the we're thinking around here. And, the, thing, and, the, uh, thing I, the thing I have is... These are good. You know what I mean? Go ahead. Yeah, the, the thing I have is if it's, if it's God that's pushing me towards this, you know, if that's the case, then why why would he be pushing me towards it unless they're... I mean, I, I mean, unless we're not reconciling something properly or we're missing something or I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. I've been around the block enough that... Um, God does things for reasons that are unexpected. And uh Yeah. 
He does some odd things. He teaches us by allowing us to run in the dead ends and stuff like that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's what you're problem. saying, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that could apply to either you or me. Uh. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty confident in this one, though. Um, now, I have to say that I've run checks on this thing that people would be uncomfortable with. The number one podcast we do is on extra-physical revelation. And the reason I haven't done it is because the, the sound quality is so low <laughs> and this uh, podcast is so important and I keep, I'm very idealistic, so I go, ah, I don't want to do that with bad sound quality, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking about just doing it and then doing a better one later when the audio is better. Because there's so many things that are limiting me, because Christians need to see it, how absolutely necessary to have extra-biblical revelation. And uh, it's critical. And everybody believes it anyway. They just don't realize it. They're just not thinking. Mm-hmm. It restrains me from talking about things because we do have kind of an ongoing experiment where we try to get what I call external revelation to run check something because otherwise there's really no way to know. Yeah, yeah. There's just no way. There's too much lost knowledge. So it's actually a natural outgrowth of that belief system. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can let you go if you want to. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm glad we got that to an end. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we would. So that's good. It makes it feel good. Okay, Chris, I'll catch you later. And uh, keep keep thinking. I know I will, man. I got, I'm just overwhelmed with information every day. Yeah. <laughs> Never end. Uh, all right, well, I'll, let later, you, man. I'll let you know if I, yeah. if I uh, right. stumble across anything else. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. Take all right. care. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.